need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my fellow Westorians. It is Saturday. Did you know that? Well, now you do. And we are here to discuss the final episode of House of the Dragon Season 1, which we have not watched yet. Yes, there are leaks, but we have avoided uh, that. The leaks did not get us wet. <laughs> oh. we, we stayed under... I see. Uh, under our umbrellas, yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a choice, Zeus. That was just quite a choice. That was quite uh, a choice, yes, yes. Okay. Perhaps a choice I shouldn't have made, but I did it, and we must live with it. You know? <laughs> move past it. Let's move, yeah, let's move past it. So we so we will be discussing what we think might happen. Uh, some of you all out there probably already know. You've seen it already. Yeah, and I have gotten only a tiny bit spoiled on this episode. I did see, like, a spoiler, so there will be a topic that we're going to talk about that will be like, Keep me out of this one. I know. <laughs> but otherwise, I've stayed unspoiled, thankfully. So, yeah. I also have, like, one tiny... I wonder if it's the same. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe all of got one on So, you've already heard her voice or seen her here now that uh, we're, we're talking. So, let me... Let's go ahead and introduce our, our guest for our final review episode. It's Kim Renfro of Cast of Kings. How are you doing, Kim? I'm doing pretty dang great on this Saturday. How are you? We're doing great. You look like you're in a garden there. That's so cool. You have this fantastic Thanks. background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I picked out my wallpaper, got my flowers. Yeah. Settled in. So last time you were on the show, we were talking about your fantastic book, The Unofficial Guide to Game of Thrones. Or unofficial, unofficial, yeah. <laughs> and <Yes. now laughs> well, you... It was the unofficial. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really fun. And your book was excellent. And I'm sure you're Thank gathering you. many great details this time around as well that you are uh, spreading to your audience over on Cast of Kings. How's it going having joined that long-running excellent show? Yeah, it's been incredible. Um, I really had never would have guessed that that opportunity would come my way, but David Chen reached out and it all just kind of like fell in place really perfectly. And it's been really fun. I, yeah, this is my first time like regularly uh, podcasting about the show. I'm, I'm well versed in writing about it, but the talking bit is a whole <laughs> different game. So it's been fun. Yeah. How's that working out for you? It's like, a, is it, does it feel really different or is it just kind of, just kind of a slightly different, like a platform switch or just different same game, different venue. <laughs> yeah, kind of same game. It's been it's been a real test of um, my confidence <laughs> okay. in like in like oh I already kind of know like I don't have to do a ton of preparation because I'm already doing all the prep for my articles and then like getting to talk to David about it is just like it's like chatting with a friend, yeah. which I think is ideal. Yeah. So yeah, it's been cool, especially now you know we've gone years without. Con of Thrones or any of the other sort of places where we more about the show versus just writing about it. Um, so yeah, it's been great. Cool. Yeah, it's really good having a community again, just being able to do this yeah. all again. And we're lucky that the show is quite good. Not everyone loves it, but truly, we do. And we're very happy that it's high quality. 
and that just it's yeah what can we say other than be very thankful that it exists and we all get to do this again and we'll get to do it for several seasons and beyond it sounds like that that this is now yeah. our our world we we it's a funny to think about after the end of season eight where that might have been it that might have been the end of televised game yeah. of thrones but uh the future looks pretty bright how do you feel about the about the whole what do we call it the game of the germ verse the <laughs> ice I and like fire verse i don't know what we call it westeros cinematic wcu <laughs> am i peeking Oh, yeah, one second. You're not peeking, it's just Aziz who unmuted, who muted. Uh, should I keep talking? <laughs> okay, well, I, I'll just keep talking yeah, about there you go. Now Aziz oh, can okay. hear you again. He had pulled, oh, his, his headphone cord had been pulled out. <laughs> mm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I really didn't know how this was going to go, right? Like, even in, like, July and early August when people were asking me like, Oh, are you excited about House of the Dragon? I would be like, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying not to, <laughs> I don't I'm trying not to have expectations. <laughs> I'm like a little apprehensive, a little excited, but I just, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a really quality, uh, exciting television program or if it would feel redundant or if it would feel like season eight all over again type of vibes. But I've been very pleasantly surprised by how much I'm enjoying it and how like it's like you said it's been nice to get this community back in a way that during the pandemic i was just very like yeah <laughs> peace out everybody i, I gotta like ugh. you know it's been a really hard few years <laughs> so having like this thing that feels good again to be like talking about and revisiting um yeah it's been awesome house of so the phoenix in- we're all rising again <laughs> that's right look at us <laughs> we, can still, we can still do this and not fall apart <laughs> That's right. So, folks, yeah, you can check out Kim on Cast of Kings. That's uh, the best place to find her these days. Is there any other thing you want to shout out before we get deep into it here? Um, just my usual articles on Insider too. Yeah, of course. That are kind of going going in tandem with Cast of Kings. Those are always year, so. super helpful to me, specifically because you have some great interviews that you've done that yeah. I've cited oh, before. Uh, very good interviews. Yeah, it's a good thing to add to your if it's not already part of it your routine of like how to take in what you just saw is to check out Kim Renfro's posts on Insider or articles on Insider really helps you catch things you missed along with lots of other stuff. Good insight as well. So folks, you can catch us. Of course, you're, if you're watching the stream on YouTube, you can keep doing that. If you want to catch the replay afterwards, that's also on YouTube or on Spotify podcast versions, anywhere you get podcasts like Spotify or Amazon music, Google play iTunes, of course, the original podcast host, no screeners existed for this episode. It's funny. This is the one episode that no one got a screener for, yet it's the most <laughs> spoiled episode by far because of, of of a leak, which at this point we still don't know how it leaked, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I guess you're right. I never... I, yeah. Do you know? I was going to say, I think I thought, I thought I saw that HBO gave comment to either variety or vanity fair i thought that they said that it looks like it came from international that's what happened in the first two episodes of the season was that it was like uh the india like the uh uh, streamer that bought it leaked or whatever so yeah it makes sense to me that that happened again because it's it's leaked in full 1080 um it's not like it's not like a cam or like a recording or a screen it's it's a good quality version so hbo norway someone read so yeah maybe norway yeah Yeah, international (laughs) those damn norwegians 
I'm I'm genuinely <laughs> relieved that it doesn't seem to have been a press screener that leaked because like yeah, I'm like we I wouldn't really, get them I there. Really, <laughs> right. I'm like I really hope that we like it's been so nice having screeners um for House of the Dragon because we didn't for the last three seasons. Um, three seasons. Season five. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Season five was the last time they gave press screeners out okay. um, oh. because all remember all four of those leaked they were on yeah. a physical dvd <laughs> so i'm like um yeah Someone i'm just like I, there was a part of me that was relieved that it, it didn't seem to have come from a press leak well because they... then we aren't at fault here <laughs> so, <laughs> keep, keep giving us screeners please it sounds like norway's having all kinds of leaks they just had a, like a pipes uh, you know their pipeline oh. <laughs> maybe that's what happened it leaked out of the pipeline that's what it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't be shipping House of the Dragon through those conduits like that. That's really kind of that's that's really on HBO, I think, <laughs> at this point. So yeah, so that's kind of funky. Check uh, if you're all are watching. Ashay and I have somewhat matching shirts here. We yeah. both we went to see me first in the Gimme Gimmies on Tuesday, and we, and I uh, thought the shirts were, were very fitting given the subject matter in general of House of the Dragon. It really is a show that's about me first in the Gimme Gimme. <laughs> It's my throne. My throne. Yeah. <laughs> Me first. Yeah. I get the throne. Uh, yes. So from last time, let's let's start with some last time stuff as we. No, often we didn't do. do the shout out. I asked you to. Do. Oh my bad. You were totally right. We right, got distracted. Ashea ha- did something awesome this past few days. She created the intro, recreated the intro to Arrested Development using the Greens, Allison and Otto, and you know the Greens, Aegon, Aemond, and Helena, all them. It's so good. It's only 18 seconds long, which is the length of the Arrested Development intro. We have now posted it to TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Ashea is posting the link in mm-hmm. the description as yeah. well. Yeah. But yeah, so you can see it on YouTube or you can, if you follow us on TikTok or Twitter or something, you can see it there too. And please give it a watch and a like because I will be doing one for the Blacks as well because it just seemed fair. Like I was inspired to do it because of how dysfunctional the Greens are. They really gave me the Arrested Development vibe. <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, I should do one for Rhaenyra too. So there'll be a second one coming. It's so funny, yeah. Check it out. Oh, yeah. It'll be worth it. I mean, it's 18 seconds. Of course yeah, it's going to yeah. be worth please. it. I mean. yeah. it's, it's, if it's not worth 18 seconds of your time, then I really mess up (laughs) i've watched it like eight times at least so yeah and only four of them were me making you watch it (laughs) (laughs) from last time let's see so one thing we talked about with girls gone canon last week uh prior to the episode was whether or not they would have orwell kind of show whether we'd have Orwell hesitating at all because he wrote in Fire and Blood he wrote that he did he was like oh I was pushing for Rhaenyra you know like he's trying to act like he was <laughs> there was no sign of that whatsoever <laughs> Orwell just went along he's like the only thing he really said the whole time was maybe we should get this body out of here and they're like nah <laughs> so that's funny. So Orwell, he's not going to be able to make that claim. If he, he starts talking something. later. <laughs> That's more than some of the other people did. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or I guess like if he does try to make that claim, we the audience now know that he's yeah. like full like, on hey. bullshitting. Her. <laughs> like, right. We saw you do nothing. And I guess yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it later, but it sounds like we are getting that um, em- embassy that Orwell and Otto will be going to Dragonstone and trying to have a talk that doesn't look like it's going to go super well, but... I wouldn't have thought it would. So, 
Right. We'll Big episode two. Yeah. Three, Rehashing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit. Year. 20 years later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It has yeah. been 20 years, too. Yeah. Amon and the Brothel Keeper. Does that give you, did that give you Alice Rivers vibes there, uh, Kim, when he was talking to that Brothel Keeper? She's much older than him, and that's apparently Alice Rivers is going to be much older than Amon, like, just like in Fire and Blood, so... Maybe that was a little I totally bit of... didn't pick that up, but I think that that makes yeah, sense. Setting up big MILF vibes. Big MILF vibes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I tweeted about that and someone was a little bothered that I, I was, I was like, well, I wasn't saying I was in support of Eamon the 13 year old sleeping with this woman. Like, no, <laughs> I wasn't saying that. I was saying it's setting up. I'm excited about the setup for adults of age Eamon <laughs> sleeping with a MILF. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I do think I haven't gone back and rewatched. I think probably like today and tomorrow morning, I'm going to go back and rewatch all first nine episodes again. But like, as I'm thinking about it, there have like, I can't like, there are so many tiny conversations and choices, like in the pilot episode with Harold Westerling being the one waiting for Rhaenyra when she gets back from her like very first dragon ride. I'm like, they really didn't waste a single character or scene placement. Like, all of these little things are having payoff by yeah. the end of the episodes or for like little character development. So yeah, it tracks like that brothel scene was like, so felt so deliberate that I'm like, this surely is going to connect to something in the future with these characters. Yeah. Like, that woman wasn't, having such like a prominent little yeah. interaction there for no reason. You're right. You can almost kind of feel like without necessarily knowing what it's setting up, you're like, is this set up? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what is this set up for? Like, Oh, and then you can kind of figure kind of backdate it and be like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a, someone was. else pointed out something interesting. Well, when they replied to my tweet, I, I had tweeted, I said, Amon's and Milf's is my favorite ship. And people replied, whatever. Cool. But someone had a good reply that I actually hadn't thought about, which was like, I always took it as like, you know, Amon has some mommy issues, like whatever with Alicent. Like that's where that comes from, perhaps. But they're like, well, no wonder he has like mommy issues. Like when his first time was with like an older, like this situation. I'm like, damn, you really like made it a lot darker for me. The idea that like they're showing that like his first like formative sexual experience was with like this older, like that Aegon took him to, which is like this. Anyways, now I'm like, damn, I was really like having a fun time here and now i'm like damn poor amon <laughs> yeah I feel it's a bad. big deal and that's actually a credit to the writers the show in general for that because usually like there's a lot of like there's an endless host of like 80s movies where it's a joke mm. like a guy losing his virginity is just some like yay he did it ah woohoo you know like this this thing to cheer i mean and some you know for some people that is what it is but like it's not that for everyone yeah. and it can be very no. formative and yeah and it wasn't so yeah it wasn't totally. that for amon Aegon took him there yeah, thinking Aemond it would be wasn't and high five yeah yeah but no, wasn't <laughs> happy about that exactly and it maybe felt deliberate that like we saw we saw Rhaenyra's first experience as a young teenager on the street of silk like we saw the actual whole thing unfold and how like it how that how that informed her approach to sex and sexuality with Damon and instead they just told us that Aegon that Aegon and Aemon had a similar thing but we didn't get to see it but like you can kind of only imagine how that might have felt because we already saw right here go through it as a young yeah. teen. That's too. a great point because I can just picture that same like little like picture little Leo Ashton Amen like just come like yeah I, I can picture it very clearly once I. I think about that Rhaenyra situation absolutely and Damon and and Viserys talked about doing it too so it's just like well yeah. I guess this Targaryens in the street of silk that's just there <laughs> yeah it's treated it's like it's normalized for young men and demonized for young women yeah. but that doesn't mean it doesn't 
potentially affect them in the same ways. True, it's yeah. just that we're not explicitly talking about it. So that was that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So that's that's a uh, that scene definitely has a lot more uh, going on than than it may have first mm-hmm. appeared. Now, um, Aegon eventually is going to fire Otto. Uh, uh, presuming it goes similar to Fire and Blood, I should always with that caveat. Yeah. And it seems to happen pretty quickly. Like if I remember correctly, he's he's upset at Otto writing lots of letters, which it's going to turn out Otto's letter writing actually does them a lot of good in terms of the war effort. But it's not happening fast enough for Aegon. So I wonder if Allison is going to support him in this, or if it's even going to matter because Allison's upset with Otto now. She really had it out with him last episode in a way that we've never seen. Like she basically told him, "No, we're not of one heart." You know, I'm. I feel like you manipulated me like a piece on the board, just like you did with Viserys. So I wonder if she's going to support getting rid of him, or at least not push back if her son takes the initiative there, like he does in Fire and Blood. Any any thoughts on that, Kim? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I do think that I'm curious to see how, like, in the same way that the episode eight kind of like cliffhanger of the misunderstanding left me being like, okay, now I really want to see how Allison handles this information or like what that, how that informs what I think is going to happen next, which is Allison still trying to crown Aegon, but like for, for a totally different reason than we're kind of given in fire and blood. Yeah. Right. So now I'm like, I, what are they doing with her relationship with Otto? Like, is that truly severed or is she going to like, is what Rainey's did going to somehow shift the motivation once yeah. again and kind of like scare Allison back into like, okay, maybe my dad was right territory yeah. or like something. That's a good point. So yeah. hmm. I, it's another like, I'm waiting to see now how, what that kind of cliffhanger ending does to push her story forward in potentially a different direction than we got in Fire and Blood. Hmm. And along with that, we have Aegon the Second. just, they've created a monster. It seemed, kind of seems like it. Um, yeah. He hasn't become a monster king yet because he's been king for about five seconds. Give him time. He probably doesn't need much, but right and yet he seemed to turn pretty fast <laughs> he did he was, was like, like i don't want to be king and then he's like wait a minute actually oh this second, cheering people are kind of like cheering this. for me and i have two valyrian steel swords <laughs> and, uh, he should have started juggling look. right then and there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the crown three of them yeah just uh-huh yeah yeah he likes that crowd I yeah do, you know it's funny you say kim like yeah, i have two valyrian steel swords i am like you know i feel like one of them should go to aemon <laughs> like who it actually no, seems to fight one, you know but like, yeah you have a surplus of valyrian steel right yeah. Now. Isn't that, yeah isn't that funny distribute that it. in, in yeah. fire and blood the one thing he takes is just this the crown and he doesn't claim, call himself king he doesn't actually take the sword he's like yeah i'll just mm-hmm. i'll take the crown call myself not king but well, you keep the sword, <laughs> you know, even though I'm going into battle. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, I feel like you would take the sword. It could have been Blackfire versus Dark Sister if he had taken it, too. That would have uh-huh. been really something. And so George, George was probably like, I'm tempted to do this. But then I'd have to have both swords retrieved from yeah, <laughs> God's yeah. eye. It's already kind of sketchy to retrieve one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. True, true. So, yeah, we'll just see what they do with that. It's going to be really interesting. And, and we know that from our interview with Ryan Condal that he's particularly interested in the story of Aegon the second so that just makes us think that it's going to be particularly nuanced or interesting or whatever whatever he's got plans it's already been more nuanced and interesting than I would have expected if you asked me before the season at all I I probably wouldn't have expected to find Aegon relatable is extreme word but uh interesting interesting more likable like I mean he's still terrible but like 
I, I actually it was a it, it was it was a, a different interview where they talked about Aegon and how like I had kind of looked at the Aegon um, scene with Diana um, as just being like a t- kind of traditional rape, I guess. But the interview made it seem like it really was not meant to be portrayed in that way. It was meant to be more of like a this is a position a person in power that Aegon is. He didn't realize that like what like. I don't know about y'all, but when I watched the scene, I thought, oh, Aegon raped this girl. He gra- like grabbed, like, grabbed her, her and, and raped her. Like, it's like, no, this was more of one of the, uh, uh, still rape, but more of a position of power. Like, he didn't realize that, like, this girl didn't want to do it. Whereas, it, it was just a very different sort of scene to me. part of his upbringing, in other words. So, I, you know, yeah, it's part of his upbringing, exactly. So, like, I, I definitely do not excuse Aegon, and it still counts, but... It changed my perspective on who he is a little bit because I, I had been thinking of him as like a very standard, uh, uh, terrible person. That is a little different. Yeah, it, like he's, and I don't think that I watched or that I saw whatever um, figure reference. Oh yeah, the, inter- the interview was Sarah Hess was saying, and it was an interview with her oh, okay. where she brought up how um, she basically said that. People looked at it as if she was excusing it, but she wasn't. She was just saying, like, no, like, this is how people justify doing these things. Like, they're not necessarily, he's not a psychopath like Joffrey, who would just do it and be like, this is terrible, and I did it anyways. Right, because, like, uh, like where Joffrey took genuine pleasure out of seeing people be in pain, it's like Aegon has some cognitive dissonance happening with, like, what he's entitled to as Mm -hmm. this person in the castle. And we see, I think, again, I I appreciated that we didn't have to see that order of events. The thing that was important was, like, the absolute terror in Diana's body about, like, she she clearly... He clearly didn't want what just happened to happen, but she didn't know how to stop it because of that exact power imbalance. Like, her understanding is, I'm here to do whatever my king wants me to do, and the thing that he just did to me is completely ruining my life. (laughs) We got a kitty on here, too. But yeah, exactly. Um, So it added a a little bit more nuance um, to... Yeah, because it is really... It's really disturbing to hear from a man who has assaulted a woman like that, just, like, genuinely not think that they did anything wrong because their understanding of how sex and consent and power work have been so incredibly warped. Yeah, he's it's, it's he's more messed up if he thinks that he can just violently take any woman he wants. Like, it's still messed up, as Ashea and you were both saying. He's still, it's still very wrong, but it's a different sort of messed up. Yeah, it's just, a, it's a different sort of thing, but it's also, I think, more real and or insidious, insidious yeah, to, like, today, to, um, mm-hmm, like, the to the type dynamic. of people that, like, we might have a friend who's oh, been in that yeah. like a situation where they didn't realize like yeah you you raped that girl but like you didn't realize at the time it still count anyways like without getting too hung up on this early topic but um yeah. it really made me think a little bit more about Aegon and how he's not maliciously minded but just just oblivious just blind and all that yeah yeah so talking about the dragon pit let's move on to some of the things that happened there there's a lot of nice setup uh Rhaenys is going to be if it goes again caveat if it goes the same as the book will be killed by the trap set by Kristen Cole with Aegon and Aemond we wouldn't get a chance to have her process oops I guess I wish I had killed them after all but <laughs> we'll we'll probably f- guess at the times like nah, maybe I should have just killed them when I had the chance you know in her final moments mm. or something like that but yeah like her mercy is what comes back around yeah it's too bad type of thing yeah Oh, well. Sucks when you try and <laughs> do the thing in Westeros. <laughs> yeah, never, 
no one ever uh, there's no there's no rewards for that you know <laughs> nope. so it's funny too cause we were all really wondering what the heck that weird scene from the trailer that was with the like someone jumping off a cliff <laughs> we were all trying to figure out what that was it was Maylee's bursting through the ground <laughs> there was no way for us to figure that out there was no way another thing we missed mentioning at the time was the dragon pit is on Rainies's hill not her Rainies, but it is you know the someone the a person with the name Rainies, obviously Aegon's <laughs> sister so that's pretty mm-hmm. cool didn't think of that yeah that is true i didn't think about that either the the common folk now have a bigger reason to be hateful for dragon hateful towards dragons, which is very important. Uh, Sean, our unsullied co-host on Mondays, was like, you know, he always has he always stands up for the common folk in all TV shows, and I was assuring him, I was like, this won't be forgotten. This isn't just going to get me brushed under the rug. And he was like, good, I think good, that's good. important, right? It is, yeah. right? That's it's a you pretty. Were, big I think you were the first person I saw to point that out of being like all the people who are complaining that this was treated so cavalierly are going to be vindicated down the line (laughs) (laughs) like that is the point you're supposed to be a little upset that this happened in such like a casual type of way like for lack of a better word it wasn't casual but you know what i mean like yeah yeah. new theory though so sean also noticed that there were lambs there was a a guy with lambs and he's like ah it's like lambs to the slaughter and i was like yeah, that's what it is, Sean. Lambs to the slaughter. And I was like, holy crap, that, that's the shepherd. Like, this could, that could have actually been the shepherd. I don't think they showed his face because they, you know, they casting, they wouldn't have cast the actual actor for it yet. But uh-huh. that could be the actual shepherd who loses his hand. Like, you'd imagine someone losing their hand in that kind of conflagration, well, not conflagration, uh, disaster. And, mm-hmm being mad about it <laughs> and being you know raising getting people uh, into a state of riot and eventually storming the dragon pit which will happen probably not season two i guess it's more of a yeah, season no. three thing i would think season three i'm gonna guess season three right now but we'll yeah we'll we'll, we'll have other solid. guesses later when it gets closer solid prediction so that's a pretty big deal um to talk about the shepherd and get people mad at dragons and mad at targaryens and yeah i think that's important because in the in the book it is kind of just it just kind of happens which you know there there's plenty of reason for them to be mad but it's there's no one specific trigger and this maybe is yeah. a little i appreciate it it's, it's additional groundwork that i think is uh maybe maybe even needed yeah I, yeah especially like combined with masaria's whole mm-hmm. like the people are who yeah. give you the power statement in this episode. Plus, like, they've taken the time to show us a little bit of the small folk perspective with, like, Damon and Rhaenyra's little adventure out and the play. Like, all of that was, like, there to let us know that the small folk's perception of what is going on is a factor here. Yeah. Like, is going to come into play later. That is great. Yeah, it's, it's important that they include that. And I think people, like you said, people who want that to be a thing and are wary that it won't be because it wasn't much of a thing and original Game of Thrones is going to be more important here. Yeah. It was a thing in Game of Thrones, just not as much. Yeah, I would really like them to set up like a a real POV type character Mm -hmm. as a small folk. Like, I I think there's room Mm -hmm. for them to do that, to have a person on the ground. And I mean, Mazzario can even take that role on if they wanted to. Like, if they wanted to give us time where we see just Mazzaria, like, she she could be that. But I don't know that she will be. But like, if they give us Essie and Sylvana Sand, or like, I, I don't know. I feel like they could do really well with this, but I kind of have really low expectations for this whole small folk uh, <laughs> uh, uh, thing, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, we shall see. I think Otto yelling for them to open the door may have been set up as well because Dreamfire mm. will be stuck inside 
if they again if they follow that fire and blood before she blasts the ceiling and a much mm-hmm. larger collapse than what we saw will will take place. That's going to be really. That's a good epic. point too. So we'll see about that. We shall see. A couple super chats here. Maura Lee sends two super chats: one for the three of us, and one for Casanova, mm-hmm. the cat who joined our stream for a moment. I think most of y'all know Casanova's our cat by now, but just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> He's a co-star. <laughs> Kizzy sends a super chat, says, excited for next episode, and thanks for this episode, too. Right on. We appreciate it, Kizzy. We will keep the discussion rolling, and let's go to Dragonstone. Red Wings, Dark Words, that's referring to Melis, the Red Queen, because she is the one. I was thinking of something else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Leaks, Red Wings, I just can't stop myself today. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Rainey's is, is bringing word to her that she's now the Black Queen, except for one small problem. You would be queen, except the Greens are the Greens are coming for you, Rainier, and your children. That's a line from the trailer. And ooh, yeah, quite a warning. This is a really awesome shot here. A shout out to our our allies. We'll call them allies over at Far Far Away site. We get our a lot of our images from them. It's really really good, high quality, good stuff. So we have this really excellent shot of Rainey's next to her grandchildren. They just look so color coordinated and hair coordinated and mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, I am great. glad to finally see, uh, well two things. One, I'm glad to see Bela in, in uh, Targaryen colors, her colors now because she was in the Valarian colors for Rainey's and for her mother. But um, <laughs> I don't think I ever sh- said this on the podcast, but on the House of the Dragon Guide site, it like shows the, the gowns for the girls or whatever. And so it said for Bela, blue dress in honor of her, you know, Valarian mother or whatever it says for so then it shows mm-hmm. reyna and her black and red dress and it said black and red dress in honor of her grandmother rainies like, like, <laughs> it's like your father your is father's a targaryen. Targaryen. They have a, you're targaryen you yeah, yourself you're targaryen. got a dad they <laughs> yeah. have one living parent and he's a targaryen <laughs> he's but, a pretty important it's one. Like, but it's like <laughs> nope reyna is a rainies <laughs> stan she's a grandmother's girl and she wears her grandmother's colors only for her grandma <laughs> apparently she's about a grandma yep <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of great matching, look at this shot of the the married the two married couples. The way their colors just flow into each other is just perfect. Look at that. Mm. The red on red, the black on black. It is really well done. That is a well-coordinated photograph right there. Mm-hmm. I like it. I also, just a quick flashback to episode nine, I really like seeing Aegon in full black. Yeah, like, yeah. That was cool. He did too. look good. He looked. He did look like a king, other than the, the dark circles yeah, under his eyes. Those from those the, red yeah, red under eyes. Yeah, the hangover. The hangover, yeah, still the like... hangover king. <laughs> he definitely had the, the trappings of power part. They got that part, like except for leaving out the dragons, but still. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I just say, I'm talking about him looking like a king. I really loved in in the the, the coronation scene when when Kristen's like announcing him, and he just goes, "Egg on the king." Yeah, the king. The king. and they're like, "Okay, now we'll cheer." Yeah, all right. Uh, Kristen Cole is such a dork. His hat, right? Yeah, I was like, "Dude, the the vibe you think you're giving off is not." <laughs> so Sir Eric is going to show up with the crown and offer it. It's kind of a strange it's, thing. It's, the line, it's, it's, a strange line. He says, "I pledge toward toward." Like I fart in your general di- direction. Like I, <laughs> I pledge in your general direction. 
I was enjoying. I think it's Joe Magician tweeted this and he said, "New, you dropped this king. And if this is you dropped this queen." Uh, I'm like, yeah, I do want to edit the text onto this. You dropped this queen. So I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if the other king's guard are like, wait, Eric, which one are you? <laughs> Yeah, We're happy to see you, bro, I but I don't know which one you are. <laughs> Thanks for joining the cause. Remind me which letter it is again. <laughs> yeah. But that is probably pretty nice. There's two Kingsguard there. Uh, we don't know. One of them is Stefan Darklin. The other one is, we're not sure which. We we narrowed Someone, it down. Yeah. Wellsfeld and Laurent Marbrand or uh, one of the others. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're probably like, yeah, all right. Three, there's three of us now. And we still don't know where Harold Westerling is. Any thoughts on that? That's a very big cliffhanger show the book obviously doesn't give us any clue because it could have been him being the one to deliver the crown that yeah. would have been my guess right. would have been would our have, guess yeah. if it weren't for eric quite clearly having that role here yeah do y'all think that we'll see him this season kim or do you think it's gonna be like a leave him hanging i hope we do but i don't really have any guesses as to where they'll decide to insert him are you surprised because he's like he he wasn't used a lot i know people said wow this is like graham mctavish being such a major actor like one of the more famous established actors on the show prior to it starting mm-hmm. uh, and he didn't have a big role so some people thought maybe he'll just like we thought he would die like Kristen cole becomes lord commander it made sense that he would die but right. he hasn't so looks like he's gonna be in season two right <laughs> i mean at this point it kind of so hmm, yeah they've got plans i don't know what's gonna be yeah, I mean, I thought that he kind of got his little star moment in, a, in the Green Council scene. Like, I really liked the way that they showed his reaction to what was happening as the Lord Commander versus Kristen and versus the Eric's, Eric and Eric. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're giving us a bunch of different ways in which Kingsguard might respond and when something like this happens with, like, the that little gap of power of the line of succession. Um so yeah, I don't know. Given given how present he was in like the pilot with Rhaenyra and Damon, like the fact that he was the one who like brought Rhaenyra to Damon in the throne room and stuff. Got to be good. It would yeah, it would feel <laughs> it would feel better to me if he like resurfaces somewhere around Rhaenyra in the future. That's a good or at point, least to, yeah. to at least to have a conversation with her. He has been more something. attached to her. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. that's very true. Yeah, so that's exciting. Like we we totally I was, we were we were like a foregone conclusion last week with our prediction just about we were like, "Oh, so Cole's just going to kill him." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's so that's how they're going to do it." Okay. Well, next topic, you know, cuz there's that shot with them pointing swords at each other and it's like, yeah. well, he, and we expected Cole to become Lord Commander, which I guess he technically didn't. They didn't. They just have left that open at this point. Which is also right. weird to me because, like, the when, king should make that name. I guess. Well, but. well, like, I, what's weird to me is that if Cole is now the Lord Commander or whatever, and he seems to be because he then you know crowned Aegon, so he has some position of power. But it seems like that right. just kind of undermines your whole regime your whole reign right there if you're crowned by someone who couldn't really be named lord commander because the king's guard when he took over was still like it makes it mm. even messier than it already was That's a good point they maybe could have mm. addressed that yeah i think they maybe wanted to continue mm-hmm. to keep him as the kingmaker though frankly he's less kingmaky to this point than he was in the book by a pretty substantial amount um we've had a back and forth with sean a lot this year about how sean's like i don't quite understand why Kristen cole is so hated like yeah he does some bad things but why is he so like he's high up so there? hated it's, it's, it's the extremity of the hate for yeah. Kristen that has gotten sean to be clear like and i think i gotta agree with sean he's not he's not a good guy by any no, means no way but no. he is le- considerably less bad than his book version to this point and we'll, we'll see what happens later but um but yeah but he's still a <laughs> dork like you said yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i think they they did a weird thing too in episode nine with um that little vibe that goes between 
uh, Alicent and Cole when she's like, "Oh yeah, however you feel about me," and like gets like a little closer dot, dot, to dot. him mm-hmm. as your queen. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, they're. I feel like they're setting him up to have much more like emotional stakes mm. in being on Alicent's side and wanting Aegon. Like the like the fact that he killed the way that they like set up him killing Beesbury too different from the book was like when he's like nobody will talk about my queen like that yeah. she's like bro he didn't even insult me like chill out but she still doesn't she's not like down boy entirely she's sort of like okay Just like put your sword I don't, yeah <laughs> they're, yeah they're doing they're doing something there that uh maybe is supposed to build into him eventually like breaking full yeah i don't know i think he's been pretty terrible this season, yeah well he's more like, like i think you're right he's more like attack dog than leader that's i think that's the difference like he's not yes. he's not driving the evil ship he's he's just yes. part of it which is so he's yeah he's along for the ride um yeah so that yeah. that's probably where some of where sean's coming from he's like he doesn't because he's like it doesn't have agency in most of these spots he's just the, yeah he's think just, he's just yeah. kind of the the sword arm that it's acts out when it isn't wanted to <laughs> you know, like Allison's like, yeah. like said, he's like ah, he, all he did was say some things chill out Cole. yeah, yeah. And, and pre-season when I was talking to Ryan Condal about the like which characters they had decided to recast and I was at, I was asking about like what age are they about supposed to be at the start of the show versus oh, jumping ahead yeah, yeah. And with Kristen and Damon he was like we didn't really have conversations about like age numbers but more of like, uh, worldviews and it's like the idea that Kristen Cole came into the Kingsguard with this very like summer night like idea of what the roles and customs of court would be like and this sort of like fanciful naive thought about what it meant to be a knight and then it's like in the time jump we see that he's become this much more like bitter I'm 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 just following Allison because she seems to me to be like the pinnacle of the faith and like yeah he's like an attack dog morals. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's like he's he's in it for the morality, but in like kind of a hypocritical way. Her morality, kind of yeah, her like yeah. yeah, she defines the morality, not like there isn't some like ground base, yeah, something that he's some some other exterior force that he's turning yeah. towards her. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Mm. Um, by the way, you I don't know if you I don't know if you expressed uh, confusion about whether there was a Lord Commander, but Allison did. She did name him. She she did tell okay. Otto. She's like, and we're going to name Christian as Lord Commander of Aegon's Kingsguard. Okay. He'll crown yeah, you're him right. And she, he did. She did. So say just, that. That's I, right. I didn't realize right. that you had were confused. I, yeah, definitely she yeah. did. Yeah, I think um, I even put that in. The I was more. I was more <laughs> saying that I, I just felt like it undermines the very idea of why you would name someone a Lord Commander when you. I, I feel like you would be trying to get Harold Westerling back. Like, that's what I took from him saying that was like, there's no king right now, but once y'all figure this all out, call me up right. and yeah, I'll come back. Like, <laughs> that, that was what I took out of it, but clearly it was, clearly Otto and Allison took, no, I'm done for good. I will never be this king's, king's guard, which is just not what I took from it. Um, right. Because Allison, the, like, I think the breaking point for Harold in that moment was that they were ordering him to go kill Rhaenyra and her children and he wouldn't yeah. the fact that Alicent doesn't want to do that yeah. like wouldn't that put Harold a little bit more back in line yeah. but yeah. we didn't see and any conversations past that yeah and wouldn't Alicent, Alicent yeah 
Yeah, wouldn't she be more likely to reach out like, oh, Harold didn't want to kill Rhaenyra. That's a good Kingsguard who I want in the Kingsguard after all or anything like that. Part of it, I think, too, is that she in that moment, she was competing with her father for the coronation and promoting Cole was expedient for that towards that goal Mm -hmm. as well. Like she's he's her attack dog. So now she's kind of got control of the, the Kingsguard going forward. And that was important given she knew Otto, I mean, Otto had just sent Eric and Arik to try to get Aegon first. She just kind of got lucky that Cole found them. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. All right, let's talk about this uh, this peace offering, because it's probably, I'm guessing it's going to be early-ish in the episode. Maybe not, but uh, let's let's act as if it is for now. Uh, it's at 51 seconds in the trailer. We see the shot that you pointed out, Kim, very accurately, is uh, Shades of Episode 2, 20 years later. We have Otto and Orwell and the Hightower men. And Rainier is wearing her crown this time. Instead of Millie Alcock, we have Emma D'Arcy. And we still have uh, Matt Smith. And we still have Reese Ephons. And we have Eric and Arik facing each other down. I think there's, I think Arik is the only Kingsguard brought with Otto and, er- and uh, Orwell. I didn't see any other white cloaks anyway. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, Rainier and Damon have three. They're three on their side. And let's take the quote from Fire and Blood because I think it's pretty similar. I bet the offer is going to be pretty similar too. And that'll that'll frame our discussion here. All right. I'll read that then. The terms offered by the king were generous, Munkin declares in his true telling. If the princess would acknowledge him as king and make obeisance before the Iron Throne, Aegon II would confirm her in her possession of Dragonstone and allow the island and castle to pass to her son, Jaceres, upon her death. Her second son, Lucerys, would be recognized as the rightful heir to Driftmark and the lands and holdings of House Velaryon. Her boys, by Prince Daemon, Aegon the Younger, and Viserys, would be given places of honor at court, the former as the king's squire, the latter as his cupbearer. Pardons would be granted to those lords and knights who had conspired treasonously with her against their true king. Yeah, so the reason I said it doesn't look like it's going well is because they draw their swords. We see that in the trailer just like they did in, in episode two. And of course, we wouldn't expect this to go very well. I mean, we know this is about to break out into war. Uh, and of course, Rhaenyra and Damon won't be happy with the, the theft of Rhaenyra's throne. Mm-hmm. So that seems like be pretty predictable. I wonder if we'll get the Orwell scene where she tells Orwell, you know, like she takes his chain or anything like that. Probably it doesn't look like she's going to get to walk up to him or anything. It looks like they're the swords drawn and everything means they might keep their distance. But she may say a similar line, which I hope we get because it was really good. The, the fire and yeah. blood line. Uh, yeah. We may also get the the farewell of Eric and Arik. The uh, there's a lot written about this in Fire and Blood and in A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, we wanted to talk a little more about this last week, but we didn't have time. The discussion um, got away from us. We had so much to say. But Eric and Eric will be a great topic to do when their com- story is complete. For now, we get this this talk of this song. Um, Shay, if you'd like to read this quote as well. Yeah. Long after the dance was done, the singer, Lucian of Tarth, would compose a sad ballad called Farewell, My Brother, still sung today. The song purports to relate the last meeting between Ser Arik Cargyle and his twin, Ser Eric, as Orwell's party was boarding the ship that would carry them back to King's Landing. You know, I like to call that a salad. <laughs> <laughs> Sad ballad. <laughs> a salad. I, it just occurred to me that the Stark theme is called Goodbye. 
brother, oh, right? Oh, isn't it? In yeah. season one. Oh, from John and, and Rob, yeah. And there's a little opportunity here if they wanted it for Ramin to like tweak that echo oh. that theme a little bit for farewell my brother good catch you're totally right we'll be on the lookout or the hear out for that the ear out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. both ears did you guys out. also think it was fun to hear the king's arrival song in the coronation scene you know I, it was like nine? it was like tw- it was like tickling the back of my mind like this is familiar but i was distracted by other stuff you know by so many other things going on and didn't didn't, uh-huh. didn't fully register so that's what that was that was the uh yeah, it's the same music that we heard when Robert was arriving to Winterfell in the pilot episode of Game oh, of Thrones. No and it's wonder. almost like, it's like there's an in-universe, it's like this is just the king melody <laughs> that we're going to play anytime that there's a king arriving somewhere or like a coronation or something. Yeah. I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. Like the happy birthday song of Westeros. Ah. But this is the song for kings. <laughs> well, Rhaenyra get that too. It's maybe the, Maybe there's a different song for queens. Yeah, Queen's arrival. Well, Queen has a song called "The Black Queen," so maybe they'll maybe they'll just play that. Mm-hmm. She could have yeah, that. It'd be a little out of world. That but, would be so know. weird. We <laughs> <laughs> just black all of a sudden. Queen. Like, Wait, that's Freddie Mercury. What the hell? <laughs> all right, uh, I didn't know this was an in-world song. That's surprising, actually. Hmm, yes, hmm. little anachronisms. Yeah. First, first piano, now Queen. <laughs> Yeah, I really wonder how they're going to handle this Eric arc. You know, if they're just going to like look at each other. I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like they'll have a chance to like talk. You know, I don't know. Maybe they will, but right. the way this is framed, with them just talk like everybody arrayed on the walkway like that, it doesn't fa- seem to facilitate conversation between imagining, other people. I'm imagining Arik is just like that's where you went. I've been looking for you for weeks. I thought yeah. you died in this court. Bro, we were fighting, and then you just weren't there anymore. Uh, yeah, why did you go, brother? He's like, yeah, I went to Dragonstone. Yeah. I feel like the whole. I feel like the 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 geography of Dragonstone and like the whole layout, there's a lot of opportunities for like secret beach meetings or something, you know, like everyone who's on that platform. I think that there's a case to be made that one of them could sneak away at some point before boarding a ship and have like a final conversation. So whether that's an Orwell or maybe it would be an Eric Arik. That's a good thing. There were a lot of, there were a lot of like beach conversations at Dragonstone and in the original Mm -hmm. Thrones. And there's been a couple here too. So that's a good point. Yeah, there are. And you're right. The secret, like some sort of secret tunnel, they could go to the dragon glass caves. <laughs> right. Those are still there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Presumably. Yeah, right. No, they were they were all they only formed in the last hundred years. <laughs> yeah. We see, we see someone hurriedly painting White Walker symbols <laughs> on, the, yeah. on, the, on the inside of the caves. Uh, yeah, Bela and Reyna are down in there doing it. It's like it was them. All. No one suspected Bela and Reyna of being the actual people that carved. Fraud. All the... Cave painting fraud. <laughs> yeah. Don't look, it wasn't. I swear. <laughs> Let's take a, a question or two here. Looks like Jean-Luc Picard Laris. No, is this Jean-Luc Picard Laris or is this is Jean-Luc Picard no. talking about Laris? Talking about Laris. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone named Jean-Luc Picard talking about Laris. No reason why I can't benefit you as well, Otto Hightower. Yeah. Otto. Otto. That was a pun. I just wanted to share. I really liked. I really liked Otto. I see, like Uh, toes. Yeah, referred to one of like Laris's little minions as a foot soldier Ah, in writing. Foot soldier. (laughs) And then I was like, "Oh my goodness!" uh, (laughs) I'm like, basically, where I'm at with all that whole Laris foot stuff is like. 
I don't think it's a funny thing in and of itself, but like I do love a good foot pun. So like yeah. I'm gonna still make all the foot and toe and all those puns, but don't take that as as me being like, yeah, super on board, ha ha, foot stuff, toe funny. It's yeah. not me making fun of the foot fetish. It's just the foot puns. It's wordplay. Like. Yeah. It's wordplay. We're in yeah. it for the wordplay. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, <laughs> we like the puns. So here's a question from JF. Send an email. Where do we think the show is going to end? At what point will they? wrap the Dance of the Dragons portion of House of the Dragon. Ah, okay, I got my answer, what I think, strongly. Their guess, Jay's guess, is Hour of the Wolf, like just after that, and I think that makes some sense. I think I, I think guess. maybe just the... the well, okay, go ahead. You, your guess is more I, ready than mine. I think so. it'll be with a, it'll be Aegon and Viserys being reunited. I think you end on a happy note that they're reunited. Mm. That, that's my thought. I, and again, the show can finagle and they can finesse things to where things get timed out differently so that other significant things are happening then or whatever else. But I think that it'll end with like, oh, Viserys is also alive and he's back. And I, I don't know. That, that, that's the general note that I expect. Uh, I saw someone who I, I wish I could remember who it was who tweeted it, but it really stuck with me where they were like, what they wanted was for the last scene of the show to just be little Aegon like crying alone in his room just like Aww. depressed Aegon and I'm like yeah I would like that would be what I want to actually <laughs> like as sad as that is I would just like to like leave the audience with like you know this is what we're left with is a sad depressed little boy who lost everyone in his life and like I don't know I, I would be happy with that hmm. sad about that yeah <laughs> wow what do you, you have a prediction there Kim or any thoughts on where it might end for the final shot. Yeah. Or final. Or vague. Like final a vague plot moment. Where, or, yeah. you know, just like a, you know, like, because like, I, I mean, I, I know like Creekin will be featured and all that. But, yeah. But I don't expect I to of, see I'm, a lot of the like Lyseni and stuff like that, for example. Like, I don't expect hmm. to see that. Yeah. I was, I kept thinking, the way that I sometimes have been thinking about House of the Dragon is like, what would I, what would I do if I, if I were like trying to structure a show that appealed to like the Game of Thrones fans and everybody. And the biggest parallel that I could think between the season one finale of Game of Thrones and here is the Rhaenyra stillbirth. Mm -hmm. Um, because like Danny was born on Dragonstone in a storm. It seems like they're setting up this big thunderstorm atmosphere for this episode. Um, Also, Danny's stillbirth of uh, Rago, like, same descriptors about, like, it being a little monster and having, like, scaly tails and all this stuff. There's, like, a lot of thematic resonance between how season one ended with, like, Danny's birth of her dragons. And it's, like, are they going to go full tragedy with, like, Rhaenyra having a stillborn child for the first time and, like, the pain of that? Because childbirth has been, like, the dominant... Yeah, it's been you know, huge. emotional yeah. touch points throughout this whole season. So I feel like that would be probably a reasonable end cap. Okay. I'm going to, I'll throw out a guess. I'll, I'll say the marriage of Aegon and Jahera. Aegon the Younger, obviously, and Jahera. Mm. So that would be, it would appear to be uniting blacks and greens at the end, even though we know that mm. doesn't work out as well as it could have. It would look like that. It would be like a, a reasonable point that appears to be peaceful and maybe a, a sign of good things to come. So I'll get, I'll throw that as my guess. I think in that general vicinity, though, I think we're all pretty close on the, the general time frame. Yeah. Um, and you brought so up my co-host. Hey, joined us. Oh, yay! Another cat. More cats. Oh, we love the kitties. We do. <laughs> so you brought up Visenya from Rainier, Rainier's baby Visenya. That was actually one of our next questions here. How how do we suppose they're going to handle that? Obviously, she's not as pregnant at this point. 
in the show. They could just have a, few, a month or two go by. Like, obviously, it's what we do see from the trailer is she's summoned her council, which means people who aren't at Dragonstone. That implies some time has to pass. So they could just sure. fast forward a few months doing that. If we wanted to, that would make sense to have her be a little bit more pregnant. However, from the trailer, Sachi doesn't appear to be like super pregnant, like she's about to pop out a child. It looks like it's still a few months away. So unless there is the time jump during the episode, maybe Visenya doesn't come along till next season. What do you, I'm guessing this is something that a lot of people know about already because of the leaks, but since we don't know, we can theorize about it. Uh, What do you think? I was also thinking that because of how visibly, like I've never been pregnant, um, but right. She didn't seem like she was like in third trimester going to give birth any moment physicality in like in the way that in tv and so then i was like well maybe the book fire and blood also says that it's like the news of her father's death sent her into a rage which then sent her into her labors and i'm like if they decide to make it that she it's a premature labor because of whatever emotional turmoil is going on that might also be the reason why the baby doesn't survive is because it is actually too early but like we know that happens sometimes yeah that would still fit yeah that that would that would would actually be very reasonable simple way to handle just have the have it come early and right yeah she could still blame that that be like right still blame the fact that she went into early labor on the fact that all this was happening or like emotional turmoil or just add to the tragedy of what she's going through in that moment of because the fact that she's had six children yeah or will um that's a will have had yeah, that's a lot. And and they haven't given us any indication that any of those births were particularly, like, scary for her yet. Yeah. They haven't shown us those births. So the fact, like, we saw Joffrey's birth, which was obviously, like, traumatizing, but the baby was healthy. Yeah. Everything was okay at the end, you know? So this would be, like, her first encounter with that really scary childbirth that we know she's... That's, that memory of what happened to her mother is very important for her. Yeah, and that was like the first scene. She flies, right? Yeah. Then she hangs out with Allison for a second. They walk, and then they go to Emma's chamber, and it's immediately yeah. the conversation about this is this is where we fight our battles. This is you know mm-hmm. you're gonna have kids too, Rhaenyra. And then twenty minutes later, she's in she's delivering, and it's that tragic mm-hmm. scene. So I pretty much saw that coming a mile away at the beginning of the season. We're like, okay, well, we could we have a sense of where this season's going to end it very much yeah. lines up with her sixth pregnancy this could be the book ending emma yeah. with visenya that she wanted remember she wanted to call that baby visenya rainy oh, rainier yeah. did not not emma <laughs> hey, that was like that was the name that yeah. she had picked out yeah and and, and, and Viserys and emma were like oof we've already got our visenya yeah. they're talking about damon mm. right? <laughs> and they were they had been so hoping it was a boy yeah. or Viserys had been so hoping it was a boy whereas Rhaenyra had already picked out. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That was, so that was very well. So it seemed like that, like, really settled it in my mind. Like, oh, they're even mm, using yeah. the name Visenya here. Like, yeah, that's there's, definitely. <laughs> yeah, there's like zero. Like, you put it here in the document, you're like, seems like it's a season two thing now. I'm like, no, like, to me, there's zero doubt in my mind that, yeah, this is going to happen at the end of okay. the season. That okay. It just yeah. makes, like, it just, it just bookends it. It parallels the mm-hmm. season one, episode one so well. Uh, it just makes sense to yeah. me to do that. It, and you're right. Uh, yeah. Like, and she doesn't have to be and, eight and she pregnant had, it for was, it to work. It's it the was, same. Yeah, it was, it was so early. Yeah. The point yeah. is that she miscarries and has the baby early. It doesn't amount about it being eight months or seven months or six months yeah you're right that's not a big difference. Uh, right. that's really no difference at all uh it might mean they don't do the like dragon baby aspect of it but maybe they will i mean yeah, i could still do that too that's what i'm curious to see is how like into any sort of like super 
natural prophecy vibes they're going to go with it or if it's just going to be because like straightforward the way that the other childbirths have been yeah i just i like i guess if they went that direction i would expect that they would like have it described or told to us because i really don't Mm -hmm. feel like they will show a a dead baby like a miscarriage like i don't think they want to show that that's what i think would hold them back more than anything like that seems yeah i can kind of see that if if it it looks so supernatural that might actually make it less human that might actually be better because it doesn't look like a human yeah it doesn't look human at all but uh, it seems like it there's a lot of it it could be a very difficult thing to do right so i yeah but i could see someone being like and the baby it had wings and like we never know is it it really or was someone just saying that like like maybe they could go one of those ways with it where they keep it vague i see scott of Greywater watches maybe we can get damon passing a kidney stone (laughs) 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 yeah Hmm, maybe not he's having what are they called like um when like you're in pain because someone else is in pain (laughs) yeah get the sympathy pains yeah exactly sympathy pains damon's having sympathy pains next room over lots of gray joys have had urine pains Hey-o. Uh, so, Betrayed King says, thoughts on the theory that Reyna takes Sea Smoke filling Adam's role instead of being sent off to the veil? I put that there because I really, I have not seen hey. that theory. I really like that theory. That works. But it still has the issue that we still have to address what what's going on with Lainor. Like, the, the, the point, the, is, the issue isn't Sea Smoke or who's going to ride Sea Smoke. The issue is, you know, can Sea Smoke have two riders or like, what's the deal with this bond? Will Lainor die? All that. Um, so yeah, like it, that makes sense, but it doesn't actually so- solve anything. Um, other than what is, I guess it solves what will Reyna do, which personally, mm-hmm. I think seeing someone living in the veil during all of this fighting would be a great, combo breaker a great intermission a great thing to have right like yeah i don't want it to all just be like we're fighting and we're fighting and we're fighting <laughs> like i would like to see here's reyna with jane aaron in the veil and what she's doing and i don't know i i, I think that yeah. can be interesting especially again back to my thought about like they really don't seem to have wasted a single set piece or character so it's like the fact that they showed us damon in the veil like uh-huh. i know that's not the eerie yeah. castle that we saw before, but like the general vicinity, it's like maybe we saw it that one time because it's going to be a future set piece that they want to like to center a certain story around. And now if that happens in season two, like the season one viewers are like, Oh yeah, I kind of remember this place. It's like, we've already hinted at it before yeah. instead of it being a brand new location for them to have to introduce. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I, I like the sea smoke idea, but as I think about it more, I'm like, I really don't want anything that takes me away from Jane, Aaron, and Jessamine Redford, who I'm very <laughs> excited for. Like, come on. I, I shouldn't have low expectations, but I do. I don't <laughs> expect much. I'll be happy if I just meet my canon lesbian maiden. Lady, <laughs> like, get, give me her. Give me Jane, Aaron. I'll be happy, but it'd be even cooler if we actually see like lengthy scenes of Reyna in her court and dealing, like, I don't Mm-hmm. No, I like the court intrigue stuff. I don't just like the battle stuff. So, like, I would like Same. to continue to see court stuff. Yeah. Court and bedroom stuff. I yeah. feel like the season has also, like, spent a lot of time in, like, the intimate spaces of people's bedrooms in a way mm. that we didn't always get with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Or, like, the, we're getting more of it. Of, like... And not just... just the king. Yeah. Yeah. Not just bedroom as... To be clear, you don't mean just bedroom as in, like, sexual times, but, like, right. the behind not the just scenes. Sex yeah. And- yeah, not sex and dinner, but like <laughs> sitting and playing with my kids, sitting and talking to mm-hmm. et cetera people, like all taking place inside this like intimate 
private areas of the castle. Like, I think that's also why I really love the opening scene of episode nine of just seeing the castle at like mm. near dawn time and like the kitchens and the little quiet inner workings and birds chirping. Like you really felt cool, a sense yeah. of place with that building as opposed to it just feeling like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've just been, no, that's agree. something that I've noticed. <laughs> no, I do agree with that completely. Right okay. Now, a word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Did you realize that pretty much everywhere you browse these days, you are being tracked? And for the most part, it's not a big deal, but a lot of times it is because they will use that information to charge you more money. Usually that's what happens. Usually that information is used to charge you extra, whether it's for plane tickets, whether it's to black out things in your area so that they make you pay for another service, whether it's to block you from certain seeing sports whether it's to throttle your bandwidth because you're not some business that's paying extra money all these problems can be avoided with just a simple sign up for nordvpn for about the cost of a cup of coffee per month you can avoid all these things you can save lots of money whether it's again from airline tickets whether it's for signing up on things whether it's from avoiding extra surcharges it's a great deal. I mean, you're going to save money almost right away if you do any of the things that I've just mentioned. You can use it on Windows, Android, iOS, macOS, Linux. VPN is legal in all but four countries in the world. You probably don't live in one of those countries if you're listening to the show. China, I- Iraq, Belarus, and Russia. So unless you're living in one of those countries, you're going to save money by getting a NordVPN subscription. NordVPN.com slash thrones will get you a huge discount. And four additional months for free. The description is in the link, or in the, <laughs> is in the link. The link is in the description. <laughs> Ooh, that's what comes first: the, uh, the chicken or the egg, or the, the, egg and the chicken, the SEO or the idea. <laughs> modern, the modern version of that. Yes. <laughs> so yes, check out NordVPN.com/slash/thrones. Save some money. Browse anonymously and faster. Okay, so we had a couple other topics that we had put on the shelf. One was the Larry's foot issue. Um, we have not seen a single person say good things about it from the disabled community. And that was kind of our final realization. We were like, we, what I said last time was, I'm not really interested in hearing takes from people who aren't in the disabled community. I want to hear what disabled folk have to say about this. We needed some time to, to let that filter in. It's been about a week, and that's... That's what you said to me in the car yeah. the other day, Shay. I was like, well, I haven't seen a positive take. I've seen neutral takes, to be clear, and I've seen many negative takes, but I haven't seen a positive take. And as much as I can be like, well, there, the neutral takes exist. So, like, you know, it's a complex situation, but no one's been like, oh, Laris is great representation. I love seeing a disabled, like, person who's fixated on their disability. Like, no one has come out in support of this exactly. So, that's where I've landed so for we'll sure. It's like, yeah, I, I'm guessing they'll me. maybe yeah. downplay it going forward because the reaction hasn't been that great. Yeah, know? like I, I feel like I, I saw someone in the chat earlier that was like, "Well, what well, would you guys? Is there anything you guys would critique in the show?" Uh, and in my and in, in the chat, I replied that I wish we'd had more Lena, and they were like, "That isn't really a critique. That's saying you want more of nothing, uh, more of something." Uh, <laughs> fair point. Like, yeah. okay, fair point. I want less of this. <laughs> there we yeah. go. There's my critique. I want less of this. Like, but again. I'm not coming out anti-foot fetish, to be clear. I'm anti anti this character who is disabled, having that be the feature. Like, we just, 
And again, if we gotten more with Valari, like I feel like you could have this and maybe do it in a good. I don't know. There's room. Like, like There's if Aegon the second had a foot fetish, that would be like yeah, whatever. Right? Yeah. If, if exactly, if Aegon two had had a foot fetish, I would have no problem with that. And he's still a villain, but yeah. he's not. It's not like about something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not related yeah. to right or like they still could have done that scene and had Alicent like just take off the top cover it like show her yeah. shoulders or something mm, and sure. sit there turned away while Laris jerks off in front of her yeah. because that's apparent like you know like it still could have been a uncomfortable sexual coercion quid pro quo situation without it being about feet yeah definitely. but it shows very deliberately to make it about feet for Laris a character who has a club foot and like that is it's not the fact that it's the feet that he fixated on and that foot fetishes are weird and gross it's that that entire quid pro quo exchange felt weird and gross and then it they it was a little too on the nose and maybe thoughtless to make it specifically about feet and i saw that that's not apparently very common that that stable folk don't like fixate on their the, the thing that's their disability that's not like a common thing at all so yeah, whereas like, i, whereas I like thought maybe there was a psychological ar- i i i felt like yeah, it I was an either. argument where like again for me i what i thought of was Tyrion and how he does have hang-ups about his size and so that does play into his sexual like interactions with shay with her calling him like giant of land like i like it does play into his psychology, uh, but uh, Tyrion is also far more in like his interiority is examined in a way that Laris is not. So mm-hmm. I think there's also right. a big difference we're there. In his, we're in his head, yeah. yeah we're, we're in, in his, POV. his head. That's a big difference. So it yeah. just has to be different. Um, but uh, yeah, right. and look, go, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, to your point, Laris is only popping up intermittently where he's not a character that we're spending a lot of time with on his own yeah. it's all it's like it's in relation to what is happening with Alicent at most at most points in time mm-hmm. right on well said everyone so we'll oh, I, I have one more point there oh. which is I, I brought it up before but I the counterpoint to all of that that I agree with very much um is that even disabled people can be messed up like psychologically and be terrible people. So I feel like there is a certain argument to be made in terms of like, yes, Kristen's terrible and Aegon's terrible, and so is Laurie's. He's not exempt from from doing those things. Yeah. So like, I, th- it would be bad yeah. if they just like all the disabled people were evil. But we've had like Doran Martell and yeah. Bran and characters yeah. who were. And it would be bad decent. if all yeah. the disabled people were good too, in yeah. my opinion. Like yeah. that would be like, oh, we 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 don't respect them and like the disabled community enough to let them also be villains. Like I think there's an argument yeah. for that, but. Yeah poorly done poorly handled I think. it ma- makes me think of the george quote about like how someone asked him one time how he writes such great women characters. <laughs> yeah. and he's like well i just write people and like <laughs> and and give them a variety of characteristics like it's not yeah, yeah. so i think that, that yeah that was actually he has included yeah. a, a lot of characters with varying amounts of ability and disability mm. throughout this universe and it's usually psychologically informed their character in some way like you said with Tyrion, much more in depth through the novels with laris we're getting this like spark notes summary of his character and, blood, <laughs> and then the show's like adding details spark um, notes is perfect yeah. for the arsonist guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, you know, this 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 subject makes me think of an, another interview of like i've kind of been like i should have stopped reading interviews they make me whatever but um another interview with uh, one of the writers with sarah hess where she brought up um the decision why they didn't cast rainier uh, as fat or make her gain weight mm. later on and she kind of 
put her foot in her mouth a bit. I, I don't think she really meant it the way she said it, but like to address that, because I have seen controversy about that, was that she basically said that fire and blood is propaganda and this anti-black. Mm. And so they wanted to make Rhaenyra fat. Like, like in, in the book, they, they, they say that she's gained weight because it's propaganda, basically. Whereas a lot of people have taken that the wrong way. Um, the way that it comes across, which I don't think Sarah has means it, which is that being fat is a negative trait. Mm. That like it, the propagandists it, are saying that being fat is a negative trait, and so and, she's trying and so to she's, remove that. And so propaganda. She's, yeah, and so she's yeah. trying to remove the propaganda. But the Rhaenyra also just had six kids. Like right. it, it's a normal trait for her to have gained some weight. Like that's a normal thing. And Rhaenyra, happens, Rhaenyra yeah. can still be like a beautiful queen and be fat. So like, yeah. I, I, it was, it was undelicately handled to say the least because it does come across as them saying like being fat is a negative trait. We don't want to play into these negative traits when it's like, no, it's a little more complicated than that. So, yeah. uh, right. I feel like it would have been easier to say like, well, we had a long audition process and found Emma Darcy and they are so amazing yeah. that they are our adult Rhaenyra and we didn't want to like, Make, them make them a gain a lot of weight. Or, be, yeah. Like, yeah. Just let Emma Darcy perform as they perform. And I think that they've done an incredible job. Yes. So far. Very, very so true. I'm, I'm happy to let Rainier stay as is if yeah. this is the performance that we're getting and just drop that detail from the book. Not because being fat is inherently yeah. a reason why you shouldn't be queen. Yeah. <laughs> but like... <laughs> that's just the casting that they went with right yeah yeah, yeah exactly and I, I you know i agree with that completely so just to address that because i have seen people talk about that a little bit so i will say, i need to just stop reading these interviews uh, unless they're a kim interview you always get some good sound bites i've never read an interview with, where you did with a cast member or someone where i was like damn i wish they hadn't said that yeah <laughs> oh Thanks. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're not editing out these controversial statements they're making, like in these interviews. But I am also like, stop interviewing these people and getting them to say these things. I just want to fill in the blanks myself sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say with Game of Thrones, I was like, uh, while covering Game of Thrones, I was so focused on like almost like perfectionism or like I can't. I can't miss a single thing or get a single thing wrong. I need to have read every interview, watched every behind the scenes thing, like, re- like whatever. I was very, very focused on that. I have totally stepped back from investing that much into all of like the outside stuff happening with the show because it just is better for my mental health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to memorize every single thing every single person has said about the show and instead just like absorb it come to my own conclusions and be wrong sometimes or like have missed something and let somebody else fill in that gap where needed. And so, yeah, with all I've I, like all of those behind the scenes things, I haven't really sat down and watched a lot of them yet because I'm like, I have my own approach to how I think and <laughs> feel about the show and I don't, it's okay if my interpretation of something is different than one of the executive producers or like yeah. what the intent was going for there. I'm having a little more of a death of the author yeah vibe. yeah i, I agree with, i agree with you on that completely unless it supports my opinion in which case <laughs> the author right i'm very conveniently using the quotes that support my analysis <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes i'm just like ah, i can let that one yeah like it wasn't on screen so i don't have to choose that that's actually what the, the reasoning was if they didn't put it on screen sure. i can ignore it or i can choose to accept <laughs> it exactly it's great right right 
and say, you are a mother, Allison. Yeah. That's why yeah. I am not killing you. Right <laughs> I'm no. yelling at you. Like, no. Hey, can you hear me down there? The reason I'm not killing you is... What'd she say? <laughs> she did. She just say she's about to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> she say I'm a bad mom. <laughs> the French fries will be ready shortly. <laughs> <laughs> so next little bit, we had a lot of people write in to discuss Helena for us, and it was very, very nice. A lot of people wrote in with helpful ways to discuss Helena respectfully for mm. to discuss neurodivergent folk uh, and to illuminate assets to certain relatively common behavior with neurodivergent folk that we not, may not recognize as fairly common. And that was very helpful. We don't have a lot about Helena to say today, but I wanted to acknowledge that uh, and that we'll, going forward, we'll, um, we'll be more prepared for that. And we, we won't, we'll be a little less worried about putting my foot in my mouth. I was like trying to, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing here, um, but I also want to explain this. So yeah, that was very helpful to those of you who sent things in the resources. Appreciate that. Yeah, we do Good appreciate job community. it. And we love Helena. We do love Helena. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to more Helena. I love her. Just, where is, is not here? Not, yeah. <laughs> of course <laughs> he's not here. He's never here with his wife and kids. <laughs> Have you been paying attention, mother? He doesn't hang out in my room unless yeah. he's... Like he, he, yeah. He's not yeah. very interested in me in general. I don't know why you'd think he'd be yeah. in here in the first place. This, I hope you looked here like, I hope this was low on your list of... Yeah, this places like to look, stop. mom. <laughs> like, is this the first place you looked? Because that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love Helena. We're going to get to see something awesome this episode, which is Vermathor. And Damon's going to sing him a little song, apparently. And I, okay, this next, this, this next phrase, think of this in Mr. Burns' voice. And Mr. Burns from The Simpsons is rather perfect as a Targaryen analog because his name is Burns. And, that's, and he's rich and old. And that's fitting. So what's in store, Vermithor? <laughs> that's what I want to know. What is in store, Vermithor? What is going on here? Like, what is Damon doing? You know, uh, why is he going to check out Vermithor? This is not Just from Fire and Blood. Just continuing his checking egg collection. It. Yeah, he's like, hey, how's it going, buddy? You know, I haven't checked in on you in a while. Only Vagar is larger if they've stuck to book cannon. So, and it looks like that's the case. That is a massive, massive beast with gnarly teeth. That, that, yeah, just that's a kind of an ugly dragon. <laughs> uh, rude, Aziz. Ugly dragon. Some of those dragons are very smooth-faced and just like even, like they've got the He's, he's the balance, got wrinkly you know. in his old age. But yeah, Vermithor is terrifying, but in a good way. Look at those teeth, man. Jeez, oh. those, are, those are swords. <laughs> that's an attractive dragon if I ever saw one. Okay. Rude. <laughs> Look at that. So... I'm very curious what this is all about. The song, I want to know the lyrics of the song he's singing. I want to know what the words are, mm-hmm. what they mean. And I want to know why he's doing this. So when he, he's just checking in. He's okay, we're going to war. Let's check in on all the dragons. Like, all right, buddy, we might be needing you soon. <laughs> Start thinking about it. Start getting ready for I'm war. I'm like, I feel like it has to be relevant that, like, we, as was brought up earlier, that Reyna doesn't have a dragon. So Ooh. I just, I've. Feel like again, especially with the dragon seed stuff that'll come up eventually. I I just feel like they should bring this up more often. Like, hey, Maybe do you want to a, ride this dragon? That's like, that's I don't know. Yeah, and they did introduce Aegon's bastards. The idea that there are Targaryen bastards mm-hmm. peppered around the realm. Dragon seed in seeds. Nine. Mm-hmm. Dragon seed seeds. Yeah. <laughs> seeds of the dragon seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Another thing that I had meant to bring up when we were talking about the little. Dragonstone 
meeting that's happening like on that parapet is like when that happened in episode two that like the the sword drawing and everything got neutralized when there were two dragons on either side and i'm like i don't think anyone on the auto team that has arrived here has a dragon they're not right? bringing so any like, dragon with them i don't think yeah in theory we could have like verbathor cyrax and caraxes yeah. appear Ooh. behind them on like the dragonstone side to be like yeah stop fucking with us <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we, we have more dragons than you yeah like, are <laughs> like you realize do you realize what you've gotten yourself into it might be one of these mouths mm-hmm. that's what you might be getting into <laughs> So let's talk about the painted table. Spock talk about more preparations for war, and, and obviously this is them deciding what to do. They're like, "Well, we're going to war. Here, how are we going to do it?" And boy, does that painted table look awesome! Yeah, so cool. I, I'll, I'll always shout out the painted table anytime we get to see it. It's super cool, mm-hmm. candle lit, and everything. We really just need our own here in the office, don't we, Shea? We need to get one I love of those. That. Would you like me to get you one uh, for for your? future gifts yeah can i, can I spend ten thousand dollars on that we don't have that okay then never mind <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to get you to agree uh no i would i would i would love that if you um, can find a spare 10 grand then sure <laughs> okay, what if i find one for one grand uh, uh, that would be worth it yeah. oh really okay I'll, no i'm like i'll, I'll find this that's no a, I, that's a little that's a little cheap i think that would probably be a very expensive commission from someone i would expect it yeah, to be I 10 grand get one for um, 1, yeah. i don't think we can get it for that it's a little like glowing amber yeah yeah they have like the candles we didn't realize that that's why it was glowing before like that wasn't really clear to anyone lit from below yeah kind of exactly it's clever (laughs) well done yeah yeah we've obviously we do have a painted table shot in our history of westeros intro we do Mm -hmm. we have always we have long been fans of it's our favorite table Favorite table of all time. Top 10 tables? Is it's it, number one. It's tables. not my favorite table. It's not? No, What's your actually. favorite table? There's um someone who made a Westeros map like on Etsy that is a table. It is a paint. It is its own painted table, okay. but it's like in full color and like etched and sc- mm. like carved in. It's like, it's it's beautiful. It's more beautiful than the painted table. So it's just to a me. different It is a different table. Westeros okay. paint. It's a very similar concept. But it's that one's my favorite. So I can't, you, I, I can't yeah. exactly object to that. It's just a different yeah. painted table. Yeah. I, I wanted to buy that one. That one. That one cost like two grand. I was like, oh, I can't. I can't. But yeah, that's expensive. <laughs> it's a lot for a table <laughs> <laughs> that you can't even really eat on. Yeah, you cannot eat it. You should not eat on that. Yeah, unless it's unless you're eating. I don't know. Blood, <laughs> fire and blood. Something a meal, but like warmed. Jojen Pace, can we have that? No. So here, Brandon Winslow mm. saying, if we can find a huge 3D printer, he can model it for me. Oh my goodness! See, it's gonna happen. It'll happen. I'll, I'll you'll next. Bir- I won't. I won't have it. Aziz's birthday's in one month, so I can't have it for this birthday. <laughs> next birthday, mm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, start now. Yeah, start now. It's all falling ready in a year. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so they're making plans. There's this is when they're sitting around the painting table. This is when they come up with a lot of the ideas that we know are going to be very fateful. The decision to take Harrenhal, the decision to send envoys to uh, the giants, the giants, yeah, to, <laughs> to the giants, yeah. The decision to send envoys Sorry, that, to, that would have been helpful. Book. They should have gotten the giants, yeah, they really should have. Now the envoys to the Vale and to White Harbor and Winterfell, which, if it's the same as Fire and Blood, that's all one trip. That's that's Jace's mm-hmm. trip to well, those three places: the Vale, then White Harbor, and then Winterfell. And mm-hmm. we even see in the trailer, there's one of the Kingsguard knights puts his hand down with like a piece on Winterfell, like boom, it's like, oh, which is a real exciting moment because 
Game of Thrones fans are like, yeah, when are the Starks going to get involved in this? You know, and that was, well, it's coming. It Winter is, is coming. <laughs> is that, what, did you say earlier that you thought that that might be the final shot of the episode? Is Ooh. like the arrival to Winterfell? It, mm. I don't know if we'll see. I'm, I think I may have thrown that out. I think we may have thrown that out as an idea, but I'm guessing no. I don't think we'll see that till beginning of season two. Yeah, we'll right. just because yeah, yeah, because I think he has to. Oh, I think he'll, I mean, like technically, they can move. He can stop they, wherever he wants. They can the move around yeah. all that, but he, technically, he stops in the Vale and White Harbor before Winterfell, and I don't think we're going to see the Vale and White Harbor. So that kind of stops yeah. it. But there is definitely the. the they can move things around. I can see can them just excluding yeah. that. Just yeah, like, I could see him. Th- yeah, yeah, not bothering to mention the veil. In the or just, I, I don't know. I think it makes sense to set up the veil, but uh... reworking the order of operations. I don't know yeah, because come just to, that, to your yeah. point, Aziz. Like, I think that Game of Thrones fans would get really excited again seeing Winterfell. Yeah, you're out right. Of it's nowhere, and like, and in its now former glory, then. A good point. The last time we saw, I bet it came up in the writers' room. Like, should they show like a shot of a dragon approaching Winterfell as one of the final moments of the season? That would be pretty cool. And apparently, there's going to be a lot of dragons in this episode, and we've already seen Vermithor, who's not even going to be ridden. So, or at least not Mm -hmm. that we don't think. Maybe Reyna will do that. It's a good idea about Reyna. But anyway, um, that probably won't happen since Hard Hard Hugh is going to ride her next year. Yeah, next year most likely. But we'll see about that. Anyway, oh, what a baby. So she is a big <laughs> kid is. So the there's a quote from Rainey from Rainey who says every man standing around the painted table urges her to plunge the realm into war, which yep, they sure will, and they will most likely have their way. Rainey's that makes sense for Rainey's to say, because from her perspective, she probably still thought there would be a chance for peace, which is why she part of why she didn't torch all the greens on stage there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Lord Celtigar? I guess it's Celtigar? Yeah, it's Celtigar. It is definitely Celtigar. He's, urges... got, the, he's got the crabs. He had the crabs. He has okay. the crabs. <laughs> he had the crabs. Okay, we got, we've got leeks, we've got, we've got red wings, and we've got crabs. We've see, got look, all the, go. oh yeah, there's the crab. You can yeah, see, you're right. Crab. That is pretty hard to got... tell. But... Yeah, but no, he's got, big, he's got notable crabs. Notable crabs. <laughs> Visible crabs. <laughs> Visible crabs. Wow, that's uh-huh. a problem. The maester should see to that. Uh, but yeah, he's about to be like, "Hey, remember me? I'm the other Valyrian house that y'all never talk to or marry into. What's up with that, Valyrian?" Yeah, Corlys is always saying yeah. we're the only houses of Valyrian blood. Well, we're right here. Yeah. We've got an island too. Like we even have, yeah, jeez, man, we have a Valyrian steel axe, bro. We got a horn that summons krakens. We're gonna send that. How would your Valyrian fleets look after we blow that horn around your fleets, Lord Corlys? Hmm. But no, I don't think Hellotype. I don't think we're getting the horn. But <laughs> that would can be, you imagine? I'd be like, actually, <laughs> Kraken's just bursting forth. Like what? <laughs> Remember when Sam found a horn in Game of Thrones? Yeah, and it just nothing. <laughs> and then happened. we just never talked about yeah. it. Again. <laughs> I do remember that. He just, oh well, it doesn't work. We don't need to talk about this again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's another line. I guess this is also Lord Celtigar. He urges a siege of the Red Keep, and he says, your cause holds a power that has not been seen since the days of old Valyria. I assume that's him. I don't exactly know what he's talking about, but, I mean, dragons. dragons, I I think it's just that. I think it's just the number of dragons Uh, that they have, as opposed to the greens at this point, right? Like, in the show, we've got four dragons on the the green side so far. greens have Vagar and Dreamfire. And it's, like, six or seven on... The blacks. Yeah, 
I think. If you're counting, if we're counting the unwritten ones, which, which we should at this point, yeah. Right. Uh, although they they maybe I, don't know which ones they can count or not, like whether they can count Cheap Stealer or not. We we know that yeah. they'll get him or her rather, but they may. That's not just kind of what I assumed he was talking about. Yeah. At that point. Like you can just overpower them right now with all your dragons. Yeah, it's kind of like siege. it's kind of like Olena being like, Danny, just just go dragon, yeah. just be a dragon, you know. <laughs> but yeah. of course. Danny didn't have Vagar to worry about. <laughs> nope. Not quite the same calculation here. So, uh, yeah, so that's a pretty big, important deal there. So we wonder what that, how that's going to play, what she's going to decide, and uh, how that will play out. And will we hear about Corlys? I really wonder about this. Is he? Is there going to be any or news see him. or see him? I'm guessing we won't see him. I'm guessing no. Yeah, I guess. But, I guess you're right. I don't think we'll see him, but I, I feel like. I mean, like, I guess if Rainey just goes right to Dragonstone, and like, do we have room for them to bring up Corlys? Because she could get word. I kind of was there. expecting to see him again, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Kind of cool if he shows said, up, you know. They said in episode nine or in episode eight was when the beginning the news was yeah. that he was sick, right? And didn't they say like his ship should be here in three? Three days. days. It's definitely been three days since then. It's yeah. been three days. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think he's there, but yeah, they didn't show him hmm. at all in the teaser. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah. it's hmm. like, yeah, is it going to be left as a cliffhanger? Maybe like he's still, maybe is going to die. Because of course, when he gets active again, when Jace m- names him Hand of the King, mm-hmm. and that's pr- presumably just next season. So that'll just be bringing him in. You know, that, maybe that's when they reintroduce him. Um, yeah. but it would be cool to have him like walk on like I'm back you know like mm-hmm. kind of a montage of things Jace arrives mm-hmm. at Winterfell the sea snake or you know climbs out of his bed mm-hmm. a couple other things happen maybe I mean mm-hmm. like, I guess I could see also that like Rainey's goes and gives them this message and then she says okay I'm going to Driftmark now to check on my husband and yeah. then she goes and we yeah. see like a last scene where it's like him waking up like maybe he doesn't even talk and it's just like one of those montages like how they did for the green council episode where we just see like Eamon mm-hmm. sitting alone like maybe something like that where we, where we see okay the sea snake's alive and awake yeah he thumb- yeah. gives a thumbs up yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to wait thumbs snakes don't have thumbs that won't work okay a, a tail rattle. yeah he rattles it. <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm ready baby get me back into action so that that could be very interesting. And there's another line. Speaking of uh, back, getting back to the dragons part, there's been a line that was like one of the first lines we heard in any trailer at all. Like back in like June or May. Yeah, I think May when Damon mm-hmm. is like gods, kings, fire, blood. You know, mm-hmm. and he also said dreams didn't make us kings dragons did so this all feels like it could be part of that same conversation of your causals of power that has not been seen since old valyria but the whole dream thing we could finally maybe get rhaenyra being like oh here's another reason why we need to take the throne let me tell you what my dad told me this one day you know about this whole prophecy Aegon stuff so like somehow dreams like damon bringing up dreams it kind of implies that this conversation is going to happen what do you think about that kim yeah i would see I've been waiting for Rhaenyra to feel compelled to tell one other person about this burden that has been set upon her. Because even in, like, in that, when she was pleading with Viserys, it, like, just the two of them and kind of crying and saying, like, you told me this thing, is it true? And the fact that Damon wasn't there, I was like, she really has just talked to no one but her dad about this. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it would make sense for Damon to be one of the people that she tells. I don't know. I also think I was also 
the scene in episode nine where Aegon is gets the dagger. And I was like, oh, okay, that's why they made the dagger be like a physical piece of evidence about this prophecy mm-hmm. is because now if Rhaenyra tells anyone, it's like, oh, and by the way, that dagger sitting on Aegon's There's hip the proof. Yeah. will validate everything that I'm <laughs> saying right here. If we can only get close enough and chuck it in the fire for a little bit, <laughs> like, you will see what I'm talking about um, Which, type of thing. I mean, so. that is where, for me, it- a little bit breaks down the idea that, like, I feel like this is dire enough circumstances that if I were Rhaenyra, I would jot off a letter to Alicent and yeah. say some some version of, "Hey, this is a big deal. This the hold proof. The dagger is, the hold fire. the dagger on the fire. Like yeah. she has the proof. Like she has a way to prove it to Alicent. And so, like, right. I, I really, I, I the fact that they like. If they have a conversation and Alicent says, hey, my dad said, I'm mean, not my dad, Viserys, your dad said this thing. <laughs> Al- then Rhaenyra has two answers. One is, hey, there's this prophecy. This is what he was, talking, what he was about. talking about. And two, like, also, I have a son named Aegon too. What are you thinking? But, uh, but like, just in general, like, it makes me think that obviously that's never going to happen. Like, we know it's not just going to yeah. get worked out. So there has to be a reason they don't, that they aren't able to just work it out. And I guess what I've landed on is that Rhaenyra really, ha- it was imported upon Rhaenyra that secrecy is very important with this, as much as I don't think it needs to be so secret. Yeah. But I do expect to see Rhaenyra tell Jace and Damon. Because mm-hmm. I kind of just expected, I expect Jace to know this when he goes to Winterfell is where it comes from for me. Mm. Right. That would make more sense that she has to now, now that the line of succession has become her, a, yeah. a matter of urgency. Yeah. And he is, it's not that he's now second in line based on Viserys's wishes. It's that he's now first in line. Mm-hmm. Like now's the time for her to pass that information yeah. along. Like the sort of like two people have to know at all times idea. So yeah, I think Jace would make a lot of sense too. And yeah, the Alicent thing, that's what I was like kind of had in mind when I was watching episode nine was like, I think that Alicent's decision to not go to Rhaenyra and instead to crown Aegon first and then reach out to Rhaenyra is like only to her detriment, right? Because if she had, like if she truly wanted to break from her being a puppet of the patriarchy and her father and all this stuff, like the real break would have been going, getting to Rhaenyra and having a conversation with her in which all of this could be theoretically cleared up. Um, But she didn't, she was still doing the thing that Rhaenys, I think accurately accused her of, which is just trying to make a window in her prison and have control within the system that's happening. Well said. And that is only to her detriment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. That's, um, that's super interesting. I'm I'm very curious how they're going to play this out. I think that it, it seems almost automatic because she's going to tell Jace, especially with him going north and the way that sets so many things yeah. up. She's like, "Oh, north? Yes. Well, actually, hmm, uh, my father said something about the north." Uh, <laughs> right. Starks Starks might be important yeah. <laughs> to to the overall goal of not letting some doom from the north. And it just imparts like the the importance of their cause too. It's like, well, Jace seems like he's a very serious kid already, but yeah he maybe doesn't need extra motivation, but that could be part of it. It's like, well, here's another reason why you must succeed. <laughs> Sorry to put all this pressure on you, kid, but uh, <laughs> we really need this. Yeah. The whole the whole everything, the whole realm needs this. And he's about the age that she was when Viserys told her. That is right? very true. You're right. Wow, yeah, yeah great point. Yeah, like 15, uh, around 15, yeah. 16-ish, something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
So that would make sense for her to think, well, I was about this age and, and her to, to tell him somewhat similarly to how he was, how she was told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even in a similar place, like they'll go to some shriny type area in Dragonstone. Yeah. <laughs> the caves. The caves, I know. <laughs> like we know it's something I'm really looking forward to in A Song of Ice and Fire. Like Davos and, and Davos and Salador San of all people discuss that ah, Melisandre has taken Stannis down into the deep dark recesses of Dragonstone where I'm inside yeah. the volcano and all this. And I'm like, let's see that someday. Like maybe Danny and Tyrion will go in there or something. So we got Yeah. You know. Honestly now that I'm thinking about it, if they really wanted to stick to the canon that Game of Thrones established. It's like, how would no one on Dragonstone at this point in time have discovered yeah. <laughs> all the like all those weird drawings and ominous things yeah. inside the caves? But yeah, I guess they just don't, don't care. Know. They're like, yeah, it's, it's cool. Maybe <laughs> that didn't exist until a hundred years later. <laughs> like maybe it's just yeah, o- maybe it's always occupied by dragons, so they have a hard time just or that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Casanova. Casanova? Yeah, Casanova. Back. There he is. <laughs> What's his, what are his nicknames? He must we call him nicknames. Nova, Cass, yeah. Lil Nova. He looks so soft. Yes, he he's a big boy, but yeah, Casanova. Mm-hmm. We didn't name him, but I like his name. He is a lover, so it works out. That's a good name. He is the brother of Xerxes. Uh, yeah, well, we, we yeah we uh, fostered some cats, and the, so they were like already mm-hmm. named, and then we didn't rename them. So we decided to yeah. keep them instead. Yeah, of... Yeah, we couldn't separate two <laughs> brothers. You know, we were like, well, like we yeah. couldn't separate. We couldn't separate are... them from our us either. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will keep them. I learned I'll never foster a cat that I'm not prepared to adopt. <laughs> I, yeah, I honestly don't think I could. Yeah. We adopted oh, our cats are sisters. They were kittens oh. from the litter, but yeah, the the shelter had named them Bubbles and Glowing. Oh, and I was like glowing, glowing. I was like, I don't think having like a verb for a name. <laughs> no, I don't love that. Flows very well. I don't love that. Unless yeah. it's purring, now purring, <laughs> purring. <laughs> no. Now they're Lily and Zelda. So no. there's the a shot from the trailer where three dragons are leaving Dragonstone. This is probably Jace going north, Luke going for Storm's End, and Damon going for Harrenhal. That seemed those would be the three. Mm. I'm not really sure what else it could be. Those, and those three are all from Fire and Blood. Pretty straightforward. So Damon heading for Harrenhal. That's another possible like montage ending style. We could get Jace going to Winterfell. Maybe uh, we'll definitely get Luke going to Storm's End. Oh, <laughs> and Damon for Harrenhal. We might get him like landing, or or we just see it in the distance, or just show that. Like, yeah, there's a lot of ways they could play that out. Yeah, and that will probably be how things are left at Dragonstone. Like the dragons will leave, and then, well, no, maybe not. Maybe we have to see the reaction. Do you think we're going to see the reaction to to, Luke? to Luke's death on the on the black side or the green? Side? I think I from know. Rhaenyra. I don't think we'll see like Jace finding out or a number of other people. Like I think there's people finding out like Rain unnecessary. Like there's lots of reactions I don't think we'll see. What about you? But I think we'll see Rainier. Actually, this out. could be what triggers the stillbirth. Oh. Finding out about Luke's death instead mm. of the throne seizure and her father's death. That mm. would be because that would also allow a little more time to pass. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, what do you think in general? I don't know. I would I think if they're not gonna make that like the cliffhanger ending or something like that, then yeah, it would make sense to see at least one reaction to it or one person knowing. Um, mm. I'm also curious, like, obviously, if we're getting Aemond, I wonder how much time we're going to spend with the Greens in this episode, given that 
they the last episode was all of them. Yeah. Like I, I kind of expected this episode to be one hundred percent the black side, but yeah. now that we know that Eamon is in the mix, it's like are we gonna well, see him being ordered there or is it just gonna be like a surprise. oh he just happens yeah. to yeah, that was, I feel like, like it's I gonna be a surprise. That it will essentially audience. be all the black side. It's just that Eamon comes into contact with with uh, Luke with the, with the black side. Yeah. But other but we're not gonna see it from Eamon's perspective as he arrived gets sent and arrived. That's my thought, but I you know, that yeah. was my assumption as well. Um, yeah. So given that I would expect to see some reaction from the assumed tragedy that we think is going to unfold there. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot to halt to wait on that for next season. Yeah. I think, I think a reaction yeah. makes more sense than not. Notably about these dragons, we get um, Christina Kay who points out, who says that she thinks that's Maylee's, not Caraxes in the shot. Oh! That would be the third dragon that we see mm, going out right now. Neck size. And uh, all yeah. That. Neck size. I, I agree. Look at the crown. I zoomed way in. You yeah, can see the right. crown. It's definitely Maylee's, um, which makes sense. So that would be Maylee. Uh, that would She's be Rainey's to leaving to go to Driftmark to see Corlys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So maybe we, it makes it even more likely that we will see her reunited with. So there could be him. a fourth dragon in the shot, or maybe Damon hasn't left for Harrenhal yet. Yeah. Maybe there's maybe mm-hmm. they're going to have some more scenes behind, or maybe Damon. Maybe they want to keep Damon there to react to Luke's death first. Because mm. that does happen. Like Damon does is there. Like Damon. No, no, that's not true. No, Damon reacts to Luke's death at Harrenhal. In Fire and Blood, he sends oh. a letter. He's mm-hmm. like, "Lucerius shall be avenged, a son for a son." Yeah. And then he contacts Mazaria, and mm-hmm. I can see them doing a like the a piece of the dragon has washed up on a beach somewhere, Ooh. and that's how someone finds it, right? Yeah, yikes! Yeah, and that would yeah. be just some some random fisherman, like because they have that. There's that tale in Fire and Blood where some fisherman's daughter finds Luke and nurses him back to health, and he just like. Lives His memory has been wiped. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Lenor. It's kind of like Lenor's story, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. What if they give him a Lenor? Yeah, they get yeah, Luke and Lenor. Yeah. Like, that's that's where he turns when he washes up at Lenor's house. Like, oh, hey. What's there's up? just there's a growing collection <laughs> of up, mysterious Targaryen Valerian men yeah. in Essos. <laughs> Some hidden community, just like, yeah, like a small yeah. island community just off the coast of They're going to unionize in season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been wrong. <laughs> so we get our first shot of Lord Boros. Lord Boromond has since passed, and Lord Boros from Fire and Blood is very different than his father. It says Lord Boromond was still a stone, and Lord Boros is like a storm, changeable and unpredictable. And in the book, when the war breaks out, he gets, you know, he, he's mad at Rhaenyra for how she treats him like a lapdog or like, oh, I'm not just a. You know, the Lord of Storm's End is not someone you can just call to heal whenever you want. And he's like, but instead he's just like, you know what? I'm going to go fight the Vulture King in Dorne instead of getting involved in this civil war. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's kind of odd. He's like, yeah, you can't call me a coward. I'm going off to go fight, but I'm not fighting dragons. <laughs> I'm fighting Dornishmen, which is still, you know, difficult, but it is kind of a, a strange, funny thing to be doing. Like, yeah, I'd just rather go down here. His, his daughter. Dot- I- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just made the mistake of looking at Twitter for a second. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh god! As, yeah. Not a mistake, but as as we've been doing as we've been doing this chat, it looks like House of the Dragon tweeted like one more sleep, you know, until like, the premiere. But they chose to highlight sea smoke, oh. and I'm like, what? Really? Are weird. we bringing sea smoke back into the conversation? Because huh. that was Invisible? with the Lanor <laughs> with the Lanor switch. Like that was kind of an open ended question, right? Like if yeah. Lanor isn't, I had people asking me that. Like if Lanor isn't really dead then what's going on with yeah. sea smoke or like can sea smoke be bonded to another person or whatever and i was like i have no idea what they're going to do with that in the show so the fact that the official twitter account is like reminding people that sea smoke yeah. was a dragon i'm like is that 
relevant? That's a curveball. What do they mean by that? Yeah. What if that's Reyna's? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, that's yeah. That could be Reyna, Reyna's. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like, I, yeah. We'll we'll just see. Like, I they have the re- the leeway. Like, technically, we don't know that a dragon could never bond with two riders. It just never happened. But like, yeah. there's mm-hmm. never been a mm-hmm. thing that's been like this is impossible and could never happen. To be clear, everyone, like, we just it's just unlikely. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Brief interlude. Yeah. That is that's this in the storm's end. Very interesting. Yeah, I wonder about that. So the daughters of Lord Boros are quite important. The four storms are their nicknames: Cassandra, Maris, Ellen, and Floris. Cassandra uh, is the one who will eventually be betrothed to Aegon the Second, but they will. Of course, and be unable to consummate because Aegon will have, as Aegon I said way back, Aegon's going to make oh. his father Viserys look like a healthy man. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the long run, with yes. his severe injuries. Uh, Maris is supposedly the one who provokes Aemond, right. which and is not the one that betrothes him. So. Aemond is either going to be betrothed to Ellen or Floris. The Fire and Blood never tells us. It tells us that we don't know, which it was. It, does, it doesn't just forget. It's like it just specifically yeah. doesn't know. And we well, are obviously also- then that's been set up in the most recent episode with Tyland when he mm-hmm. goes, oh, a storm's end should be addressed. They have marriageable brides. And Allison is like, let's move past that. Yeah. Like, but, welcome back yeah. to that. Yes, we will. Yes, yeah. we will. <laughs> and the book readers were like, uh, yeah. We? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also <laughs> mentioned Tully and, and Tyrell, which was interesting. By the way, uh-huh. Kim, you mentioned a minute ago, like uh, you mentioned if you want to be a puppet. Well, that's where you need to go to be a puppet is House Tully in this era. Mm. Where we have Grover <laughs> and Kermit and Elmo, Elmo and Oscar. Yeah, so that's yeah. <laughs> they just the never, real puppets. They never yeah. betrothed Daron to anyone, do they? Daron is never betrothed. No, so, you know, just, I don't it's, think so. You know, it's, it's, he's the youngest. Yeah, right? he's the youngest. Yeah. So like, there's a little bit of an out there. But I do feel like making those betrothals and marriage connections is very important right now. So it's just weird to not use a token to have, yeah like if you can take been mentioned that there's yeah 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 there's, that's even weirder yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of things i can critique about the show the fact that they have not even said a single sentence about this kid is uh, <laughs> you know not like great. not great yeah for yeah. sure daron i wonder if yeah i wonder if they would have married daron to if the greens had won uh, they would have maybe married daron to jahara oh yeah mm. well. another uncle yeah marriage. <laughs> um an uncle married to the niece of a sister and brother. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Just making more. I saw someone once say like, or I, I'm pretty sure it was a tweet or maybe it was a TikTok comment that was like the Targaryen family tree is a bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just one big Mass, round yeah. bush <laughs> of branches. It's, it's, it's kudzu. <laughs> <laughs> you never know where it's going to go, but it's not going to stop. <laughs> Yeah, so we also apparently are going to get Aemon removing the eye patch to show the sapphire. So that's we there's like the trailer shows him pulling it off. We don't get the the end of that sequence. It's just he she grabs it and starts removing it. So that could be very yeah. interesting. I'm curious what they're going to do with that. Uh, and I'm, I felt go ahead. a little bit badly because like the cast of Kings pod that we do is supposed to be or it is like no spoilers for the books or for like future events or whatever. So I'm usually very careful to like not. I don't know, hint at things too much in advance. But then last episode when the credits changed again and they had a sapphire as like Aemon's 
thing. And so I was like, oh, the reason why it's a sapphire is because in the book it says that like sometimes he puts a sapphire in his eye. And then I was like, oh shit, they're actually doing that. And now I just like, uh-huh, that's a spoiler. I guess spoiled that reveal. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm like, why wouldn't you have saved that sigil change for the episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same with same with Darren, right? Like they haven't mentioned Darren once in the show, but he has. There's a fourth bloodline. Yeah. Off of yeah. The little wine glass. Yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. So. And he's a cupbearer at this point, supposedly. So that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. In Hightower. Yeah. To Hobert, yeah. which is, I guess, is a small change from Ormond. But I think they're, they're one of the few examples of the law of conservation of characters. We don't technically know that Ormond isn't there and exists. And he is to Hobert. Well, they changed him if they did. Because Ormond is Lord. It's definitely Lord Hobert. Yo, I just mean that, like, technically time has passed. We don't know that Hobart hasn't died and it's now Ormond. Right, but Hobart in, in is in... Show. That that would be a weird switch because Hobart is one of the Caltrops. Okay, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, it would be weird to, ch- to completely remove him. I guess you're yeah, right Yeah, I would there. have just... Why not I, just I, keep I, I had, I had been place. kind yeah. of assuming that there was another Hobart, I guess. That, like, that uh, they had mm-hmm. named, like, that there was a second generation this whole time. I hadn't okay. been assuming that that was the same person. Just because he was kind of older, I don't know. That that would have been my thought. Well, that, that Hobart, the Hobart in Fire and Blood is like in charge of the baggage train, so he is yeah. kind of an older guy. He's like, and yeah. he's not supposed to be like a warrior. He's like, well, his sword. No one ever feared his sword, but his his wine cup. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I guess I, my interpretation had just been that, that was like a lesser high tower and not ever the Lord High Tower. He know? wasn't. That's why yeah. it's weird that they made the the okay. show version Lord Hobart. Okay. That's why it implies that right. Ormond is, is gone okay. they just got rid of him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I, and like yeah. I think with like to since we were in the middle of like storm's end stuff i do like i haven't really had an issue with all the recastings and like the jump forwards and stuff like i've been able to orient myself at the start of every episode but like if they change too many of those lords who we saw in the pilot bending the knee like i think that then you're gonna you're gonna continue to maybe lose show only watchers because it's like it's a lot easier to just do a one for one yeah like i know thailand mentioned like that was 20 years ago. People have died. Like, yes, some people, but I think that they should limit the number of people mm-hmm. who did once swear loyalty to Rhaenyra and are now going back yeah. on that oath because they just want Aegon to be king type of thing. So it was Hobart, right? In the Hobart? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hobart, Hobart is such a nicer way to yeah, say it. We've been having fun saying that. Yeah, he's very, he's very French to us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know. He was the one in that pilot episode scene, right? Yeah, he's the one pressure, pressuring Otto that says, "We stand with you." He's he's hail hail the conqueror, babe. Yeah, he's the one, the propagandist no, man. I mean, <laughs> even in the pilot, isn't he the one who representing Hightower bends the knee? Yes, yeah, yes, he does. Wears obeisance to yeah with the Stark the and the, and the Baratheon. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, like, if we're going to eventually the idea is that we're going to see which one of those lords sticks to that oath versus not i think that they should minimize yeah, that's a good point, keeping yeah. him yeah they already, they're, they're definitely swapping out the stark and they're yeah. definitely swapping right. out the, the baratheon as we see here we've seen him yeah, swapped, it, it out. swapped yeah so right. you're right that's a good point and Coralise is one of the others we only think we only see four, five or four five or six lords bend the knee i think it's think it's stark baratheon yeah. valarian and hightower and maybe one or two others but i think that might be it yeah um Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, going back to the daughters for a minute. I'm really curious how they handle that because they're pretty important. I mean, maybe Ellen and Flores don't do a whole lot, but Cassandra and Maris are pretty important, especially like after in the aftermath. And um, the name Cassandra, the name Cassandra always makes you think of, you know, Cassandra from the Trojan War, the one who is basically Helena, the one that has prophecy and no one listens to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's cursed by, I guess, Apollo to to have no one listen to her. So that's pretty cool. 
Or not. It's very tragic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's tragic in this show. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Plus, even so. even when it's even when it's cool, it's tragic. Like the it's yeah. the shot of Vagar in this trailer just being like taller than Storm's End's drum tower is like, oh my god! Someone, yeah. someone in our I think it was in our Discord or maybe Facebook said it was a it was like a Lovecraftian Godzilla. I was like, ooh, that's a mm. great term. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Lovecraftian mm-hmm. Godzilla. Like, wow. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so yeah. there's a huge storm. Yeah, there it is. Good lord. <laughs> That is a gigantic dragon mm-hmm. with the flag and everything. That flag should be red because that's a real red flag right there. <laughs> Ew. Uh, so the storm should be raging. Vagar and Arax, the sad and the epic. You know who's in this scene in Fire and Blood, in the sitting in the hall while all this goes down, while Amond and and Luke are yelling at each other, and Maris is provoking Amond and. Boros is doing whatever he's doing. Byron Swan is supposedly just chilling there watching this go down. Byron Swan is the one who tries Serwin of the Mirror Shields trick. <laughs> On which dragon? The sources disagree. <laughs> There's like three or four. <laughs> and, and, and recall, folks, this is even brought up in A Dance with Dragons. Tyrion and Halden Halfmaester have this conversation where Tyrion one-ups Halden's dragon knowledge. And Halden's mm. like, well, well, fine, be that way. But uh, yeah, we did a whole episode on Sir One of the Mirror Shield, sort of based on this. It's really cool. So this this thing, it's because it's it's like a it starts this whole conversation about mirror images, about dragons and mirroring of each mm. other. Eric and Ark, mirror images. One sent to kill a dragon, the other stops him, right? Or they fight each mm-hmm. other. Uh, Sir One of the Mirror Shield, of course, th- uses the reflection of the dragon to make the dragon think it's itself. It's a play on Medusa's story from Greek myth. Mm-hmm. Here we come back to Greek myth so quickly. All again. And um, this comes up again with uh, Damon and Amond are kind of like mirror images of each other from different generations. There's so many of these mirroring examples. So mm-hmm. I love that they spread it beyond just the Targaryens and the dragons. We have this mm-hmm. character who... Uh, do we think Byron Swan will be included in, I mean, obviously they don't have to include him in this scene to use him later, but I don't know. This could be a thing that gets cut entirely, you know? Yeah. Or maybe they're just, honestly, something that I can't stop thinking about is that I'm almost positive that like Ryan Condal and and the show running team couldn't have been certain that they would definitely get a season two of this show. So like the Darren, omission and like all these other things i think were made with like the hope that they get to then they'll get to some of the more nitty-gritty once they have everybody in and committed on a first season but that like they were really trying to like i don't know make as contained of a story as possible yeah because they didn't know how we would react and i didn't know how like you know nobody knew Mm -hmm. how this would feel and great it feels good (laughs) but we didn't know that it could have felt really really bad and and not gone the way that HBO wanted it to. Yeah, I'm so. sure there's a lot of things they would have done differently if they had been sure it would have been the success. It was like, okay, we're going to guarantee you 30 million views an episode. Then yeah. they would have also had more budget. Because like the budget they're operating on right now, as big as it is, it's a huge budget. I mean, it's nowhere near like Rings of Power sized, but it's big. Yeah. Uh, they could not do season two on this budget. There's way, like, you can tell by how they're stinting a lot of dragon scenes and how many they're going to need to have battles and, like, action, which is very little of here. So, well, we are going to get some in this episode, but, but yeah, yeah, so, like, they need to prove that the bigger budget is justified. Like, HBO's purse strings is like, okay, you guys are doing it. We're going to give you the money, but they needed to, like, earn that money with this season. Yeah. Looks like they did. Good job, show. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think those purse strings are going to open. It still probably won't be rings of power size, but <laughs> but they don't have to spend two hundred fifty million dollars on rights. So you know, right? They already got those <laughs> yeah. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't cost that much. No, I am dying lot, to know that, that now that this has been a big success. If we're going to be getting an announcement for another show project, like you know, we've been talking about it, that it just makes sense mm-hmm. to me that if HBO is going to announce it, they would announce it around the finale when the hype is high. That they would say, hey. If you liked this, we're also making, I don't know, anyways. So I, I have high hopes that maybe this month we'll hear about, uh, the next project that's greenlit. Yeah. Or at least a pilot. Yeah. 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 Like, something like a pilot yeah. for one of them getting yeah. greenlit. Cause right now everything else is just in development. Yeah. It's just exactly. It's just in development. And I kind of feel like their best bet is to not do the pilot route and to do a straight to series order. But, uh, yeah. like they just need to have some faith in their, their creators. But you know, right. uh, we'll see. What um it worked for them here. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. You're, you were you were very correct. much did. What is your maybe top pick or top two picks for the successor show? Like just not n- nothing to do with likelihood of actually being made. Like, what you want. Yeah, what do you want to see? I do genuinely want Robert's Rebellion. Cool. If we're going it like if we get the actual Liana Rhaegar details, like that is probably right now the biggest um, character gap for me mm. across all these stories is like that feels so important. And yet we, I still don't feel like I know enough about what happened or like why everything unfolded that way and like why it should be very important that they were Jon Snow's parents. Like, I don't know that that I think for me or surprise me like you did with this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I didn't know. Like I heard I knew that we were getting of the Dance of Dragons. I knew that there's a lot of potential there, but I wasn't really sure how it would feel. And I've, I've been very surprised by how well they've done all the characterizations and sort of like little tweaks and surprises. So either surprise me or give me exactly <laughs> what I want, which yeah, is like what? an in-depth <laughs> look yeah. at, yeah. I don't know. What about you two? Well, we heard a rumor they might do they might do that, but it wouldn't be Robert's Rebellion specifically. It would, they would start farther back. Yeah, um, it would be it would be about Ares. Yeah. It would be uh, Ares, because um, Ares' life... In, like even though Ares might seem like an odd one to frame it around, he lives through Summerhall and then the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. So like you get both of those things. You get the end of Aegon the, the Fifth's reign. You get maybe even the Nine Penny Kings. And that this would be part of House of the Dragon. This would be like a you know like like after right. they do Aegon's conquest that they like this is House of the Dragon will be like an going. anthology style show where you get yeah. three seasons per concept. Maybe once you know it depends, but that yeah this would be like. Our season six of House of the Dragon would be like Ares or something like that. Yes, yeah, I think that could be cool. And if they like kind of hand it off to a different yeah. showrunner or like yeah. a different writing team for each iteration to kind of keep it feeling yeah. fresh but still in the same universe, could be fun. You know, what's funny is that Aegon. That we're talking about how bad Aegon the Second is and how he's basically Aegon the Unworthy. If if Aegon the Unworthy hadn't lost like been severely injured right because he was certainly having bastards all over the place drinking and doing whatever he wanted it's just kind of funny to think about the fact that Aegon the unworthy is Damon and Rhaenyra's grandson (laughs) 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 and then that and then one of those grandchildren is the mother and father (laughs) of Damon Blackfire (laughs) so you didn't answer those which one are you most excited for oh um, I'll say mine too um and a little teaser as well if you need time to think i can talk well you can go ahead um, i think people know yours are yeah mine is definitely nymeria but i mm. will say that i have found out about other projects that are in development that are not announced um that are secret 
And one of them is up there with Nymeria for me for the one that I'm most excited for. So a little teaser. You can cool. think about what Ashea would like. Um, there's that very surprising topic, all that. So like, there's like, there's more than a couple of shows that are not announced that are in development, you know, in development in the process of uh, being, talked being talked about. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, um, still Nymeria is number one for me. Um, but it's close. It's close. Like the, the one I like second most is close. Like I really like mm-hmm. the concept. So we'll see. Not Mary might be my top pick as well, but, um. Good, good. Uh, that's correct, disease. I need all of your <laughs> weight because I know that's how we'll get it made. Uh. <laughs> it has some things on the sea snake, which, which, which are kind of very similar, similar ish shows. I'm very doubtful that they'll both get made because they both have so much yeah. exploration yeah. going on. They both have Yeah, the sea vibes. snake has the good part that it has Bruno Heller working on it, who's yeah. in Rome, and he's very good. So, like, I wouldn't be dissatisfied to get that show either. It's really that I want to see the whole <laughs> yeah. world of A Song of Ice and Fire. You see this big map behind us, the known world map. I would like to leave Westeros. Nymeria gives uh, us. Yeah. The fall of Valyria and the Roinar together. So we'd actually get to see like a season one that included dragons, which would be cool. And they get to, I just yeah. think the locations it would go to are a little more interesting. Like Sothorios is like, woo. And, uh, we're seeing the Roin itself, like seeing the fall of like yeah. this, this amazing, what they, what they had and what they lost. Like seeing the fall of the Roinar yeah. would be really spectacular. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would totally take the sea snake though. <laughs> Give me that too. I'll tell you if we get that instead, like, yep. All sorts of cool mm-hmm. locations. There's probably a, a larger variety of locations on the Sea Snake show. That that's the yeah. you know there'd be quality, but there'd be more quantity. That's the appeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, beyond yeah. that, some one of the maybe rumored shows where they look at things from a from lower born, common born people's perspectives. Yeah, that's the spear cool. ca- spear carriers the, show the spear or carrier whatever. Yeah. Show. yeah, that, that yeah. would be neat. Um, or just a comedy. Give us a comedy like yeah, that show yeah. Plebs, but yeah. sad in King's Landing. Yeah, give us like, yeah, like Norsemen <laughs> or Plebs or one of those, like, uh, and our flag means death. Yeah. Uh, just the, the historical comedies are, are really blowing up in general right now. So I feel like in world that, that you really got me right there. That is what I've been wanting for, uh, but I know that that's the sort of thing that they can't do until they build up to it. Like, yeah, give us like Marvel is just now getting in there with yeah. She Hulk and even with the beginning of WandaVision. Like, Marvel is starting to genre bend a little bit more, but still not as much as I think they should lean into. Like, make it be a full legal comedy, etc. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I could also, I this just popped in my head. I was like, I was like, what are like the comedy? What are the sources of comedy that they've already used oh, yeah. in these adaptations? And I think like the plays, yes. like following following like an actor's troupe Ooh. who like aren't they're not self serious the way that many of the other characters are, but like it's still related somehow to like the political goings on and the small folk and like I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I would, that's yeah. A, that's I definitely think there's you're right the the actor's troupe is is a great would be a great source of comedy and allow them to play with a lot of different things because yeah, famous fun. people could come be in the audience. Uh-huh. Right, like yeah, you yeah, have, you could have you, you could have involve... the cameo, like let's say it's set during House of the Dragon or whatever. Then yeah, you could have the oh wow, the actual Put a dick yeah. yeah <laughs> Who's that in the border <laughs> cow back there? Yeah. Is that blonde hair I see poking out? Uh, yeah. Um, something I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about reminding me because we just talked about the sea snake again. Is is this a reason the sea snake might be included, even if he's not? on screen in this episode is that one of the moves they make right away as soon as the green seizure of the throne is uh made aware to rainier they s- send all the ships out and close the gu- the gullet they shut down king's landing yeah. right away with their ships they, they oh, freeze trade yeah. almost immediately 
So that isn't like a super important thing to portray right away. Like it's like, oh, if they don't do that, they've screwed up badly. They could just do that at the beginning of next season if they wanted to. But it is something that they could say or talk about yeah. they're planning to do, you know. Again, that would be payoff for the earlier the pilot episode scene where Corliss says like they could if the stepstones isn't kept under control, they could cut off our trade and choke out. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, or I could do I, that. And it's like, yeah. Or I could do that myself later, uh, t- 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, and we saw their now, huge fleet descending on King's Landing for the wedding, which was like, mm-hmm. look at the size of this thing. Like these ships, these are, these yeah. are not Euron ships. These are not Iron Fleet. These are a higher class, wealthier, more equipped, more men. Yeah, this is, this, this level of Navy doesn't, doesn't exist in the Game of Thrones era. <laughs> yeah. So, yep, that's pretty important. Uh, Stubby Wan Kenobi says, I found two painted table replicas for $28,000. Can't find anything realistic for cheaper. So, Woo! Okay. Yeah, we, we shan't be getting one of those. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> times my estimate by three. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I, I am going to investigate how much it would be to print something it's 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 percolating like you know i've got a year until your next birthday so i'll i'll think about it yeah (laughs) well uh so anything in particular you're looking forward to in this episode are you are you dreading luke and uh (laughs) Amond. <laughs> She's excited. You're, you yeah. can't wait for Luke to die. Uh, like, I'm I'm not, <laughs> I wanted I I am curious how emotionally affecting it will be. Mm-hmm. Given that like I I'm already kind of braced for it. Um and we haven't spent a ton of time with Luke as a kid. No. But I do I keep seeing that I wanna like make a little gif of that, of him like screaming in the Driftmark episode when Allison Started, oh like, yeah with the dagger and there's like one shot where he's just like, ah, like just <laughs> terrified and like rainier kind of like puts herself in front of him and i'm just like oh <sighs> little he's just a boy <laughs> um, i keep that starfish in finding nemo you know yeah yeah when ne- nemo's doing something and the starfish is like he's just a boy <laughs> <don't make> it. <laughs> that's, like that's all i keep hearing when i'm seeing like that shot of luke like running back to his dragon to try and like get home to mom and that's not going to happen. So <laughs> that'll be really sad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just in, I mean, I, yeah, I'm curious to see what the final note is that they decide to leave it on. Cause you know, Danny birthing the dragons in game of Thrones was such a like emotional Ooh, high. Yeah. And I'm like, are we going here for an emotional high or are we really staying with the tragedy of it all? Oh yeah. Good going point. With hmm. like, going with a gut punch because that's a, a I don't know that's another argument for Winterfell being one of the final moments because that's a right, that's like, uplifting even though it's yeah, actually it, setting up more tragedy it's it's uplifting <laughs> right if you want to if you want to really make us grieve with Rhaenyra and everything that's going on and then lift us up at the end it would be like hey we're getting the Starks in the game mm. like excitement for fans versus like oh this is just bleak and we're leaving you on I don't know. Jon Snow getting stabbed in season five. Like, yeah, that was a weird off yeah. season, wasn't it? The Jon Snow stabbing one. Like, even for Kit Harington, Kit Harington hated it, right? Yeah, right. It's uh-huh. painful. All those interviews. Yeah, uh. that is when, like, I, we kind of started talking at the start of the episode about the leaks because we, the three of us, have been avoiding this episode leak. But 
that I remember being like, that was when the tolerance for not knowing everything that was about to happen, like went through the roof or was destroyed basically. Right. Like everybody became so obsessed with knowing what happened to Jon Snow next that it was like, all bets are off. We're doing drone yeah. sneak footage of filming. We're doing Zoom lo- like The cop that, that pulled him that- over and was like, I'll let you go if you tell me if you're still alive. Oh, like, yeah. apparently yeah. that happened. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, like, Obama even ask? Really? I didn't hear about that. Or something, <laughs> oh, or, like, I don't know. Because you can't, it's not like you can go to the book. Like, the book doesn't tell us either. Like, it's a cliffhanger there, too. Yeah. I mean, we have our, obviously, we're like, okay, yeah, he's not going to die. But, like, huh. what, are we going to convince people of that? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will I will never forget that shot that leaked. It was, like, Daily Mail or something got it of them filming Battle of the Bastards. And it, Kit Harrington was clearly standing there wearing Stark armor with, like, his little <laughs> hair in a bun. And I was like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Philip sends a super chat, says, what a Song of Ice and Fire book would you want the most besides the main books, Fire and Blood 2 and Duncan Egg? So some caution sort of for new, young girls. A caution for young girls. Oh, that's that was mine. Quick. The Korean Wild book. That's what I want. I'll take the Ooh. Jade Compendium or okay. Signs and Portents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be good. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I had my answer off right quick. Ooh, <laughs> Sefton Barth's book would be a good one, too. Uh, <laughs> I, you know. I don't know. Uh, I would take that book about Nymeria that they were reading in House of the Dragon that that Mm. Rhaenyra took the page out of. I'll Mm. take that book, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want any of the books that Sam took out of the Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whatever was worth keeping in the secret locked area, we want. Uh, If if they locked it up, we want to see it. Great call. Great call, yes. (laughs) I want the book that had a description of the Valyrian dagger. Yes. To be like, who who wrote this book and and didn't stick that blade in fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you? Did the book not say stick this? Thing yeah, I mean, do you do you check everything by putting it in fire before I'm you write that? I'm going to now. <laughs> okay, like I've seen Lord of the Put Rings. The microphone into the yeah. fire. Before you listen to this episode, folks, make sure to hold it over the fire for a secret message for bonus content. Mm -hmm. Hold this episode over the fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, yeah, someone in the comments, I think, just said the, oh no. Yeah, the the mushroom comment. The Danis' book, but I was just Mm -hmm. thinking, too, that um, the histories that Jorah gives Danny on her wedding night would also be cool. Like, what is this history that Danny absorbed first? Maybe it was, no, it wouldn't have just been fire and blood. It would have been more than that it would have been like all of the houses and more yeah he also said songs like there were he said songs um, and stories so there would have been just it was a it was like three books together, i guess i have so. my second answer then i also want you know unbowed unbent unbroken the story mm-hmm. of house martel mm-hmm. i would like a similar mm-hmm. fire and blood book but just to go over their whole reign mm-hmm. uh, that, that would yeah. be my second pick but. or the lesser known propaganda version bowed bent broken <laughs> <which is. laughs> House Tyrell and House yes. Baratheon together. They like worked uh, on it. Joint effort, yes. <laughs> Those weak love. Dornish is what it's, yeah. <laughs> Just speaking of books, and when you mentioned Greek myth earlier, Aziz, I thought of this, but I've been re listening to Circe by Madeline Miller. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah. have read that book. Yeah. It's so good, yeah. It's so good. And I think it's exactly what House of the Dragon has done successfully, mm-hmm. which is like take a known mythology or story Person- and like personalize it personalize it but personalize it from the point of view of a woman character who was like not given any depth or humanity in the you know oral history of this thing oh. and put it all from her perspective and kind of like correct the record about 
the relationship with Odysseus or like mm. what her motivations were. And yeah, I just, I think it's a really cool approach to any sort of like big mythological fantasy storytelling yeah. is like this adjusting the bias in in the direction of the people who have typically been underrepresented as like deep complex characters in this genre. So you're probably aware that they're considering they were op they optioned to that for TV HBO, right? Yeah. I don't know. Someone's working on a limited series or something. That's right? awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never read a book that writes loneliness better than that book, which of mm. course is, is, yes, it is a sad book, but also it's not all sad, but did, Oh, I find it so Inspiring yeah. about like well it's also how you deal with like, loneliness right that's part of it maybe that's why it's inspiring to you maybe it's how you deal with loneliness but it's also it's like a really close read of what it means to be a human mm. and why somebody would want to be mortal as opposed to immortal and like the the suffering and consequences that come with that but also the joy and like love and community or like connection with other people you know same with song of achilles like madeline miller did the same thing with song of Mm -hmm. achilles right which is like add an entirely different context and message behind this epic myth story that we've heard all this time about like what does it mean to be a half god what are the obligations that you have to heal or help people versus hurt them when you have the power to yeah so lots of parallels i think with what they've done very successfully, I think, with House of the Dragon. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. Yeah. <laughs> take this story that we thought we knew from Fire and Blood or that we had, you know, the Spark Notes bullet points of and add so much more humanity and intrigue to why everybody's doing what they do, which is also very tragic. We know how it ends, but we're, we get to enjoy the uh, arrival to that point um, in this show in a different way. This is a good opportunity for me to shout out a podcast I listen to called Ancient History Fangirl. And they, there's basically been a lot of scholarship around rethinking a lot of those old myths from a feminine perspective. And that's something they do very well. Um, awesome. And on the downside, I don't know if you heard this, Madeline Miller has like really bad long COVID oh. for like two years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, didn't know it's that. really yeah. messing her up. Like she does like daily, she struggles to find the effort to write energy. Oh, to write. oh, oh that's, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, she's she young. Was she's a pretty on, young person. Yeah. Like, like she's, she's working on Persephone yeah, yeah. next, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exactly right. It's really, it's been that a struggle. Sucks. She's, she's a phenomenal writer. Yeah. Um, she said she's both had of those two books years. have been oh, that's rough. like a comfort audio book to me. Mm. I just put them on when I nice. want to listen to something that will make me feel good. Yeah. Cool. Well, I definitely recommend those books, folks, and I recommend Ancient History Fangirl, and I recommend Cast of Kings. Definitely, y'all. If you don't already <laughs> listen to Cast of Kings, then this is your window of opportunity. And In your have a prison large catalog. of not <laughs> listening. <laughs> In your prison of content. Yeah. Open a window. <laughs> Me. Carve a window. <laughs> Oh yeah, you no one has agency in this world of overwhelming <laughs> content. You cannot choose what content. You will listen to the content we tell you to listen to. <laughs> yes, uh, true. There are bigger problems to have. <laughs> Indeed. Well, well, thank you so much for inviting me on, and this was so nice. And it's been too long since we've had chats about this universe. I know. Hopefully, we'll, we'll get to hang out at a con or something one of these days. Yeah, right. that's. I would love that. Ice and Fire Con just timing was awful with me this year again so i'm really trying to go but COVID next time yeah yeah well, <laughs> we'll, we'll it'll happen one of these yeah, days, yeah. Yes. 
Uh, worth yeah. mentioning, I guess, as we're talking about conventions and events, I've mentioned it before, but Aziz will be at the New York Neil Gaiman George R. R. Martin event. And so if you're going to awesome. be in New York for that um, thing at the Symphony Space, then make sure you hit Aziz up. Yeah, do so. And we'll have a little bit of a report on that at some point afterwards. Mm-hmm. We'll see what gets said. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, and wait, make sure. It's not written here. But we have to make sure we announce our finale. Uh, yes. We are yeah. doing a Monday, which is Halloween. We're doing a Monday yeah. wrap up stream. We're inviting people. We're in the process of figuring out who we can get. We're going to get a, a big group. But um, yeah, that'll be on Halloween night, Monday, October 31st. Yeah. And then we will be reconsidering when to do our live streams. If you are a patron or in one of our groups, you can weigh in, but we're going to be posting a poll on Patreon to decide where to keep our times, whether to keep them, whether to, what to do basically going forward with our live stream times, whether to change them or, or what to do basically now that the show season is moving past. So if you want to participate in that, be welcome. Join us on one of those spots and participate as you see fit. Thanks again to Kim for her excellent takes and presence in this episode. It was awesome. We had so much fun with you. A lot of great insight. Also, check her out on Insider. Of course, we mentioned Cast of Kings, but she also does double duty there. Really more than double duty, but so it's you you wear a lot of hats, shall we say. Hats that are much more fashionable than Kristen Cole's hat. <laughs> That's a low bar. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Not a subject uh, of that hat. Isn't it so funny that Christian was like, I need to be undercover. Let me cover my <laughs> hair. Like, he, do, he doesn't have silver Targaryen. There's no real reason for him to wear a hat other than he's like, this uh, is how commoners dress. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's just too funny. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsor, NordVPN. If you were getting throttled or missing your behind the scenes content or not able to sign up for certain things, NordVPN's got your solution for cheap. NordVPN.com slash thrones. Yes. Important to know the the URL. That's right. Thanks as well to Michael Klarfeld for the maps you see behind us and our usual video intro. And thanks to Brand Winslow for our Fire and Blood uh, House of the Dragon themed intro that you see in the live streams. Was in the chat today talking about how he's going to make it bigger and better than ever for season two, including uh, more for the painted table and other big ideas that he has. So our intro outro will be different for season two. Yes, indeed. We look forward to that. Ours changes. They change theirs. We change ours. Yes, we got to get along with the program, right? And if you are uh, a participant or a supporter, we do appreciate that. We will keep the episodes coming and you know what to do. We'll see you for non-spoiler or for rather spoiler-free review on Monday and content TBA after that. Until then, Valar re-read us and Valar re-watch us. Bye.